What is going on, everybody? It is another day, another episode. Miracle is mumbling in the background. It is episode 43 of Pop Culture Crisis, and the young lady who is mumbling in the background is who? Hi, Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. Why are you so aggressive? Because you were mumbling. And I'm, I'm literally, I'm doing my intro. I I'm said trying do, to, do, do. I'm trying to talk. It's literally the one time you're supposed to not say anything at all in a show where your job is literally to talk, and you're just like, I think it's a good time for me to mumble. <laughs> Thank you for that. <coughs> And now you're coughing. Yeah, I'm fantastic. just dying because earlier um, what happened was I had a bunch of incidents. I almost fell too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, outside. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is true. Uh, and who is not falling, not interrupting, and not causing any problems is our guest today. What's your name, young lady? I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. How you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. I'm sorry you guys are both having kind of a tense, rough day. It's yeah. Not, I'm having... A, my, my day is going fantastic. <laughs> oh, I, is it? My, my day is... was. I mean, it was up until <laughs> she started mumbling at the point where I uh, was trying to do the intro here. Now, uh, now it's ruined. <laughs> Maybe she wants to do the intro. Maybe Miracle's coming for your job. Is that is that what this is? I have a knife bracelet, so maybe. Okay. You gonna yeah. murder him for his yeah. job? That's, that seems like rather excessive to me. Like you could just ask, like, can I do the intro? I still think that the knife bracelet is like a fantastic <laughs> gift from your from a boyfriend. Uh, I know. I applaud Charlie for coming up with that. Oh, he also bought me um, this tool set that comes with a flashlight, just in case if I get stuck on the freeway. That's. See, this boy is high quality. I like you are supposed to have emergency gear in your car, especially mm-hmm. during the winter if you run out of gas or if there's, you know. And if there's anybody the who could need an emergency kit for a car, it would be miracle. Yeah, and I also bought emergency um, gas tanks too, just in case because like, dude, inflation's hitting us. It's hard. crazy. Yeah, so um, I bought two of them: one for Charlie and one for me. Yeah, I uh, my commute is really hurting me. Mm-hmm. I bet. I have to say, I it's, bet it's oh. rough. You know that gas station that's like nearby us? Mm-hmm. They sell it and it's like five gallons. So I recommend buying it just yeah, in case. I might. No, but I love that you have a man who's like, I'm going to give you these gifts, mm-hmm. but also like, it's not just, oh, I'm thinking of you. It's, I'm thinking about your safety. Like, yeah. that is like sweet alpha energy right there. I know. He was like, here's a flashlight tool that comes with a Swiss army knife. Oh Here my you gosh. go. I always wanted a prepper boyfriend. I have yet to cultivate one. <laughs> well, no, I'm more of the prepper than he is because I wrote down a list what I need. So I am going to Costco tomorrow to buy a bunch of different flowers. Did you go on your Costco date? It's going to be um, Friday because we couldn't do it last week. Aw, Costco date. Yeah, but we went to Walmart. Aw, Walmart date. We went to Walmart and Target. The romance is alive and well. I love that you guys like plan to do this stuff together. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. Walmart and Target like co-opted dating kind of like the diamond industry took over like the, the romantic gesture towards weddings? It's like Walmart <laughs> and Target need to start doing like a thing where they're like, come date with us. And they're well, like, <laughs> for me, I grew up in a rural part of Connecticut mm-hmm. and like there's nothing to do, especially this time of year. Like it's yeah. winter, it's cold. You're not going to like, you know, maybe one of your friends you have like space you know whatever so mm-hmm. we would like whether it was like with your boyfriend or like with just your friends we would like drive to the next town over and like hang out in the taco bell and then go to the target and the targets had a starbucks so you could like get a hot chocolate and play hide and seek in the aisles mm-hmm. i'm not sure the target appreciated this but i was really grateful for them because it was like something to do mm-hmm. i worked and at the, i worked at target we hated you no did we, you hate us we didn't hate I, I worked in the i managed a photo lab so i didn't really work on the floor uh, okay but yes we, we uh, didn't like run we didn't try we tried not to be disruptive but like i was always appreciative that there was like somewhere to go mm-hmm. that was not just staring at someone's like in the in, in a house something different 
but yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. so I, I think target dates are a real thing. It's funny because it's where you go to Noodles and Company afterwards. <gasps> that's where you go after you. Did people date. respond to that question? Do we get any? I, I didn't read the I comments. Did, okay, okay. Uh, I'll. I'll my, my apologies. I'll double back and read the comments. Well, we would have. Well, they, that wouldn't be found on the on the YouTube. You'd have to check the. Well, the Spotify. YouTube ones. Um, if because they that wouldn't be in that segment. That se- that was done in the intro segment, and the intro segment doesn't go online. <coughs> I know. Can they write in? Can we have a Noodles and Company at popculture.com? We should, we should <laughs> do that. We should see. Just like them. it's an inquiries tab, but it's just mm-hmm. me inquiring to the public and them responding to me. I would just, really appreciate that. You should just have a website where you ask ponderous questions like this it's just weird polls that i need help with yep. okay no I mean, it's like a feature on timcast.com we'll just add it in where it's like ask an employee or like, an employee like, ask you like timcast question of the week mm-hmm. when do you go to noodles and company i don't have one for this week but uh yeah i do think just to, to wrap this up um you were saying our Walmart and Target date spots. I totally think they can be. And for me, it's sort yeah. of funny because, you know, as a mm-hmm. teenager, it was like, ooh, we're leaving the house. Like, you have your license. We can drive. You know, it was sort of something, a break from the routine, especially in a smaller, more rural community. And now as an adult, I think of it as like being sort of steady in a relationship. Yeah, it's a like, bonding can we go experience. Run errands? Like, when was mm-hmm. the first time you guys went to Target? It's, Anyways. It's totally about like, man, we're going to get stuff for the house together. It's like being domestic. Yeah. And that is the level I aspire to. You'll, yeah. You'll I, get there. I bought a bunch of pillows with him, a blanket. She bought some pillows, too. I don't know what a pillow is, but she definitely bought some pillows. Do you know what I really want to do, what I think an ideal date would be? Is, and I think Miracle's doing this. I saw this mm-hmm. thing on Pinterest where you make like a prepper bucket. So you get like a five gallon bucket. <laughs> a <laughs> prepper bucket. And they give you like a list of things that you need. So it's like like all, photocopies of all your important documents, like extra water. And you just make it. And like when I was a nice sweet sorority girl, we would occasionally do this thing where we um, mm-hmm. would like sand and paint coolers and give them to fraternity boys as like an invite to a formal or for whatever. And so like, you could like have this really practical thing where you go get like extra canned food mm-hmm. and like photocopy your important documents and like a knife and batteries guys will never understand this level of but then you could also decorate it guys will never understand this level of work going into something like that a prepper bucket i'm as there, a get as like an invitation to a get a get together no i wouldn't like hold on those are two separate things okay well, okay i don't want to go into this but like you would if like some fraternities would have like away weekends so they'd be like taking you you'd be going out of town or whatever and you would like fill the cooler with like drinks or snacks or whatever so it was sort of like a you know like a thank you for bringing mm-hmm. me kind of thing yeah um i don't know i always thought it was kind of cool and i just like the craft you part mean of a it. thank you basket kind of but they would be coolers because you'd be keeping like so you're like a regular at joanne fabrics and michael's well i love michael's? sewing why are we anyways this is <laughs> i'm sure this is not the start of the podcast it has it's nothing okay. it is literally zero to do with pop culture that's okay we're anyways just, we're getting in the flow of speaking. no knitting and crocheting is becoming a thing yeah why well, I, I don't do any of that. I embroider, which is cool. Um, um, I know how to crochet and knit. We can do that. Wait. I'm slowly turning 65. So are you and Charlie going to make these prepper buckets? I'll send you a link to like what they are. <laughs> well, I think I don't understand why this is such a weird date. Not like a first date, but like when you're into the relationship mm-hmm. and being like, let's first make date, prepper you're like, buckets. Let me, let's make prepper buckets together. That's, no. It's a good way of like. I don't know. It's not, it's not the worst. Because it's like an it's activity. It's a good screening like, process. You like meet up. You go to Walmart. You get stuff. You can talk about what are you going to put in yours? Well, I make think this is important. Like you have something to talk about and i then love you, dried raisins then it's like a craft but it's practical because yes. it's a prepping bucket yes. I, I i stand by this is cool yeah so what i'm doing is i'm buying a bunch of water uh some flour some rice any dried grains um and then like frozen meats because like meat is very scarce right now hmm. 
and I'm going to buy um, powdered milk, apparently. Yeah, powdered that. milk looks good to have. And you can mm-hmm. use it in a variety of things. You can use it to bake bread mm-hmm. or just to have milk or in different, like, recipes. Yeah, it's because I'm trying to cut back on Charlie buying boba because, like, he's a, a boba addict. And Did you introduce him to boba? Did no, you no, he liked it before um, we met. He was like, do you want boba? And I was like, you know what boba is? Like, because every other guy that I dated didn't know what boba was, and they introduced it to Brett, like, not, like, a few... You introduced me to shit. I just didn't want it. He didn't... I know no, what no. it is. I just don't care for it. No, I let him try some. <laughs> you are the most cantankerous old man on our podcast. First, you judge my noodles and company, then my prepping bucket. Now you don't want boba. Okay, Brett. But, just yeah. Just enjoy the small things in life, man. Before the world comes to an end, we all have to use our prepping buckets. Yeah. Sorry, miracle. No, you're good. But yeah, I introduced him to po- um, Again, Boba and he didn't no, like it. No, I, I didn't want anything to do with it. I, I just... Uh, it's we not have it on film. It's not that I didn't know what it was. I just didn't want any. I'm we not had cra- it on film. I'm not crazy about Boba. Mm-hmm. I'm going to honest. I like it sometimes, but it's not something I'm like addicted to. No, like he's super addicted to it. So um, now I'm trying to cut back on his expenses on it so i learned how to make boba so last night oh that's so nice yeah so you can see on my youtube feed like my whole youtube feed is how to make boba out of different things that's so cool i think that's nice Mm -hmm. like oh miracle you're a nice lady yeah it's because i'm like dude five dollars a cup of tea yeah seriously (laughs) let's just do something else honey i do want to say props for using cantankerous in a sentence without sounding uh extremely uh I don't know. You need another well, word? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I will save my language. Um, I, I think cantankerous is a good word. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. it, it like expresses something that like not, it's not grumpy and it's not argumentative. It's definitely kind of grumpy. Wait. It, grumpy is a component of it, but it's not totally. So grumpy pants. What would you prep if If you ever call me that again, you're fired. Oh. He doesn't like it when I call him grumpy pants. I don't like it when you call me things that other than my name because it's disrespectful. Okay, Braddy. If you ever do that again, you're fired. <laughs> These are empty threats, Miracle. Don't worry. I know. I called him Bready so many times. He has threatened to we throw me out of the We should just call him Brett and Butter. <laughs> oh. Damn. That was good. You That's can call so me. cute. She so, can call me that. You cannot. Because she at least came up with a new one. Bready is not new. Wait, okay, Bubble Butt. So what are you going to put in your prepper bucket? I'm not going to. We're going to move into the topic right now. Oh. This has nothing to do with the show. Um, Buy solar panel everything. He's just go. scared. You gotta be prepared. There's, you know, I you're just, afraid of the apocalypse or like end times coming or just something bad <laughs> happening. It's better to be prepared for it. That's well, I'm just fears. afraid inflation is gonna screw us over. No, inflation's gonna be insane. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna move back in with my dad. Just That's kidding. It's a good idea. Yeah, I'm like Andy. You need to move back in. We all need to move into one space. I have two available bedrooms. Anybody, yes. take it. I'm, take it. I'm good. Well, Brett, you live here rent-free. That is true. Don't give away Brett's secrets. That Dang, Miracle. Sorry. <laughs> it's because he snapped at me. I have to snap at him. I'm telling you, this is a very tense day for our co-host, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to try and keep the peace. I'm sorry I brought up Target and prepping. Actually, I think you guys brought that up. I brought it up. Miracle brought it up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, prep. Prep, you guys. You don't know when the world is going. And I'm not I've heard that um, baby food is in short supply right now. Oh, so we'll see it's gonna be a rough time i don't know there's a lot of frozen things that are like empty like i went to two different targets and some of the empty um aisles are like dry like freeze freezer food Mm -hmm. and i'm like what the hell is happening and then meat is like running low and then meat prices are going up also 
Meat prices, uh, yeah, we the freezers in Target were empty today. <coughs> you know who's going to be okay with uh, meat prices going up? People who hunt. That's mm-hmm. true. They, and then they have their own meat supply. That's, That's why I need to buy more knives. Also, Charlie wants what? to go, <laughs> <laughs> I <wanna> go <laughs> hunting with you. <laughs> this seems like too much like hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> but yeah, Charlie wants to buy me a gun too because he's afraid what might happen. So he's like, I'm going to get you a gun. So I might have like a pistol and then a, a hunting rifle. You you live in the wrong state to own guns. I wouldn't bother here. I would move to West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia. That was awful. Oh, oh that's so cute. That. We're gonna make a, a gif of that. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, make it an NFT. Just Hannah Claire doing that. That would be cool. finger guns, man. <laughs> they're in. They're 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 that's so hot right now. That when I uh, mentioned that I li- I work and live in West Virginia to people, mm. there are like people who like, knew me before all, yeah. the first question a lot of times is do you want a gun now um no in maryland you can own guns but it's certain guns that they won't allow so like certain things that um luke so everybody who watches cast castle luke left um certain guns that he loves he can't have mm-hmm. here in maryland he has to go to west virginia for it i know brett let's go to the topics hmm? he looks so burnt he's ready <laughs> he's, he's ready. bored oh we're doing wait I just read the first thing on our list. We're yeah. doing a Peacemaker update. That's, a, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. I like hearing you guys review shows like this because it makes me feel like I'm catching up on like mm-hmm. like something else, someone else's life. Yes. Yeah. I still have not watched it. Is um, it still holding up? Uh. I enjoy it. Um, I'm enjoying it more every episode. Uh, well, uh, let me rephrase it. I liked one through <laughs> three more every episode. Uh, four, I could have take it, take it or leave it. Five, mm-hmm. I enjoyed uh, immensely, mainly because the White Dragon storyline was less. Uh, there was less the, of the what White Dragon storyline. There's yeah, a you were Minnesota there for the White Dragon. <laughs> dragon. Oh, that was me being. Uh, I'm just. I love the Minnesota accent. There is no Minnesota accent. Oh, yeah, there is. Oh, my, sorry, Lower Canada. My my dad has uh, one. I was told. Uh, yeah, somebody heard my dad in the background. And that said was that me. He said, "I, I told well, your opinion that. doesn't matter. Uh, not when it comes to accents, because you're from California." What? Um, but uh, I think Nick said the same thing. Well, um, him I trust. Oh, okay. I've I've known a couple people uh, from the Twin Cities, and they it's not thick, but it's like just a couple words here and there, and you're like, oh, until yeah. you can tell me what words they are. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like dragon, wagon. I said dragon. The plague. No, you said dragon. Yeah, no, but that's you said I was, dragon. Because I sounded that's tired, okay. not because of an accent. But when we're tired, we revert to our natural dialect, which oh, is often regional. Why'd you have to go there? Um, Why aren't you proud of it? I just said I liked it. It's cool. Um, <laughs> it's because Hannah Claire doesn't have her own accent. The uh, the episode itself, She's I think. Jelly. Um, I like the fact that because we've been watching Archive eighty one, I'm mm-hmm. enjoying the fact that the the Peacemaker episodes are shorter. They're they're not uh, the same time uh, time investment at forty two minutes and fifty seconds. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas all of the Archive eighty one episodes are well over fifty six minutes. Uh, before credits, which is a very long, you know, time commitment if you're going to put in for well, eight the credits are only like ten seconds. Um, but I'm, I, it's just something uh, in film that matters. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just saying, like uh, some people tack that onto the end, some people leave the leave that off. Uh, the Batman is two hours and fifty five minutes before credits, so it's going to be into three hours if you want to stay for the end. Um, uh, in this episode, I, I'm back to liking Harcourt uh, mm-hmm. more. Uh, what, sure, the uh, the scene with her covered in blood in the car taking the photo is probably my favorite thing that they've done. Yeah. And it's uh, Like I said, I think this actress excels in scenes that have nothing to do with the violence that this show is supposed to be about. 
um, the non-comic book, non-ultra-violent elements uh, are where sh uh, the actress Jennifer Holland really does a really good job. Uh, I still think that the guy playing Mern is kind of... Uh, uh, meh, uh, mm -hmm. but he's not being given much to do in, in that respect. Uh, if stoic is what they're trying to play him as, it comes off as boring and not stoic. There's a way to do stoic without it being being that. Mm -hmm. And like you said, um, <clears throat> Adebayo is probably the other uh, best part of the non-main characters. Uh, she uh, has this scene in here where they clearly cannot afford to get Viola Davis to come back and play her mom because they have mm -hmm. to do the thing in, the, in shows where she's talking on the phone and if the show can afford the actor, you'll hear a muffled version of their voice in the in the background. In this one, it's just her talking to a phone, and there's no return voice. And Viola Davis has a very specific sound to her voice, so they couldn't mm -hmm. just fake it. Uh, so they couldn't afford her. Um, I'd like it if they could like cut together sentences from her from yep. other episodes she was in. Yes, they like could just recycle all the or, dialogue, or, or, yeah. or they have her text her mom yeah. rather than rather than uh, actually speak to her. Mm -hmm. uh, it made me think of like they, they don't know what they don't do anymore. They don't do that thing they did in, ho in House of Cards where they'd have somebody text and they'd show the text box on the screen. Mm -hmm. um, no, they do that for certain shows. But it's like this show isn't doing it, but you don't see it as much as you used to. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the the um, this, the part about the uh, group t chat, the, mm -hmm. there's this ongoing storyline element from a band called Hanoi Rocks mm -hmm. uh, and a song called 11th Street Kids. Yeah, uh, that becomes like a through line from the episode, meaning like uh, the whole episode, um, Peacemaker is still making fun of Economos for uh, putting his or not being making fun of him. He's mad at this guy for putting his dad in jail for framing his dad, mm -hmm. and then they eventually bond over the fact that they both <laughs> like this band Hanoi Rocks. Yeah, uh, and then they they stole that from Gilmore Girls, basically. <laughs> yeah, and they and they and they listen to a song after they kill a bunch of aliens, and so it's it's again it's blending these elements of like ultra violence, like you literally you're seeing them. Shoot shoot people in the head and like a like an alien butterfly comes out of their head mm -hmm. as you see like bits of brain matter on the ground and everything like this so there's a uh, an emotional through line uh peppered in with extreme violence that's uh, very much a james gunn signature mm -hmm. which uh i enjoyed a great amount and i think that's where harcourt shines that's where them as a group does well i could take or leave the the action scenes because john Cena is the only one there that's actually believable as any type of uh, you know Adebayo is like probably my height and not you know she's a bigger person like you don't buy her doing these action scenes it's mm -hmm. very hollywood it's mm -hmm. very produced uh the rest of it i guess you could say harcourt could pass for uh, a passable action person if she wasn't yeah. so uh not for she's very she, she's feminine in a way that just seems like she's not um interested in doing those scenes mm -hmm. like she mm -hmm. doesn't she does gruff and unhappy well <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which which I like, mm -hmm. but that because then it works twice as well when she's kind of starts to lighten up and gets along with people, you feel that more and, and it draws a closer connection to you as an audience member to this group of people. They're, it's you know they're playing up this uh, idea that they're a, a band of extremely violent and uh, abrasive misfits, mm -hmm. uh, which I think works very well. Vigilante kind of got sidelined in this. No um, no judo master at all. No, he's um, missing. Uh, we got the the storyline with the dad was kept at a minimal. I think that's why I liked it better than the last one. The the story about his dad being like a a Nazi who's like also a supervillain. I just I, it's very of current year, yeah. and I just don't care. Yeah. Like I, it's a it's a bummer too because Robert Patrick is a fantastic actor, so he's kind of being wasted. Mm -hmm. Though he has uh, he's younger 
than I thought he was. Oh, he, really? He's aged pretty, um, not trying to Dramatically. be rude. Dramatically. Yeah, I'm not trying to be rude to him. Maybe it's because you see him... Uh, or maybe they're doing it on purpose because he's like an evil character. They've, they've kind of... Uh, <laughs> made him more, look older because he's been worn by like his sins. He'd be like, more whatever. threatening uh, if he was uh, if he looked a little bit younger. Uh, plus, I, I guess if John Cena's in his forties, yeah, I mean it's like he's the right age in real life. But John Cena doesn't look like John Cena's in his forties. John Cena's in such good shape that you, he could be in his late thirties. He could be in his mid thirties. You don't really know. Hmm. Um, the not having judo master was a bummer. The the two detective storyline is also kind mm-hmm. of like. I don't really care. I'm annoyed by it. They, uh, they could have. I feel like they could have dropped that storyline altogether mm-hmm. and just focused on the main characters and given them more screen time, and they would have benefited uh, severely from it. Mm-hmm. But I did like the part about the song and them having the group chat at the end and everybody responding. Uh, it does also um, play into Adebayo's betrayal. What basically what it is is Amanda Waller, which is Adebayo's mother, tells her that she has to plant this diary in. Um, uh, plant pe- it? like plant a diary in Peacemaker's apartment. I mm-hmm. thought you meant like plant like put it in a pot with some no, soil. No, no, Evi- <laughs> uh, plant evidence in his house and like uh, he um, invites Adebayo in to like have a drink after their celebration and then they're like having a heart to heart because he's like Harcourt. That's really going to be a weird like th- I I think they'll end up paying off him and Harcourt getting together at the end, which is really yeah. really weird. Uh, it just doesn't seem like the type of story that needs a love interest type storyline, but mm-hmm. I guess it works. Uh, but they're playing on the fact that he trusts this girl more than the rest of them, and then she's very blatantly betraying him, but she has strong feelings about it. She doesn't feel good about what she's doing, Mm -hmm. and the actress, uh, Danielle Brooks, plays that very well. Hmm. Um, So all the story elements that James Gunn excels at, he got actors, other than Harcourt as like an action star, uh, he got actors that can um, pull good performances from that type of dialogue or that type of uh, narrative storyline. So uh, other than uh, I feel like they're, they're, they spread themselves too thin with so many characters and so much going on for such short episodes and it's only in eight episode season. Yeah. Um, other than that, I, I think it's going really well. Uh, I, w- I would find, I find more rewatch value in this one. Like I'll probably go back and rewatch this one tonight because uh, when we review these things, I have to take notes and yeah. it's not the same type of viewing experience as just watching something to enjoy it mm-hmm. um, because we review so quickly afterwards if, if we were watching something and then had more time between um, when we record not normally I would watch it once to take notes watch it a second time just to watch watch it a third time with it on in the background and you pick up stuff that like I'm absolutely forgetting stuff I'm sure mm-hmm. that uh, seemed relevant at the time mm-hmm. on my little notepad but you can't make notes for everything mm-hmm. um, uh, I still think the Economos character like <laughs> just don't care about him Mm -hmm. the actor's fine uh he he plays that role of like he's kind of like a he's like a an un like a a bigger version of john they're both kind of douchey characters Mm -hmm. but for their own specific reasons i I just don't really care about Mm -hmm. it and then uh what is it also like uh i have a feeling like the other cop is a bad guy is like uh gonna end up turning on her that's what I thought you meant when I wasn't quite done with the episode and you were talking about the female. The, yeah. Uh, her name in the show is it's uh, it's, it's um, Detective Song. Yeah. Um, I, I think the guy, the one played by Lachlan Monroe, the the other officer, he'll end up being a bad guy somehow. It was the way it was like the look he was giving her when mm-hmm. they were outside this judge's house. Lachlan is a cool name. Isn't it Just a cool name? His, 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 his last name is Monroe. It's spelled M U N R O U, not M O N R O U. I wonder if that's Gaelic. Um, it might be. Lachlan is a very yeah it's cool it's gotta be um, so yeah uh, 
my guess is like uh, Vigilant. <laughs> I, I wonder if Vigilante will end up having the final showdown mm-hmm. with uh, White Dragon because they had that first scene in the in the prison together mm-hmm. in episode three. So I'm hoping that they're not just wasting Freddie Stroma because, but for all intents and purposes, this character of Vigilante, the way it's portrayed in here, shouldn't work, but it does. And I do think that uh, again, John Cena is at his best when he's portraying this kind of childlike innocence in the body of an extremely violent person. Yeah. Uh, the dichotomy there is is really really good. There's the part where he like uh, he has the, the idea is like they have to go to this place where they're going to find the food source for these alien creatures called butterflies, and they don't know how to know whether they're. Uh, whether a person's been infected or not. Mm-hmm. And he's got a helmet that, because he wears a helmet, the character wears a helmet. He's like, he's got a helmet with x ray vision. Uh, and he, he realizes that all the people at this facility are butterflies. So he's just shooting them all in the head and it's super violent and over the top. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, his dude, when he, when he plays a douchebag, he's really good too. So it's like, he, he they, they play into this role that, like, when you're, me- when, the, when there's that kid in high school that's mean to you, mm-hmm. he's a, what you would call a douchebag in high school, mm-hmm. they're usually, be- it's because they're in, like, an advanced stage of adolescence where they just haven't grown up yet. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what this character is. He's like a high school jock turned uh, violent supervillain turned uh, a slightly reformed superhero. Okay. So, or at least that's what I feel like they're going for. It's kind of for. interesting because I know I talked about this last time, but it's like a, I, I haven't seen the show yep. for clarification, mm-hmm. but uh, it's like a comment on what not learning to mature and deal with your emotions mm-hmm. and like what your experiences were in your development. And um, it, it's you a direct, are, you almost are permanently stunted if you're unable to do it. And the idea is that his dad did this to him by mm-hmm. turning him into a violent killer at a young age. Mm-hmm. So his dad ruined, you know, he's, his, uh, his abrasive, douchey qualities are like a mask for his the yeah. violent tendencies and stunted growth that was perpetrated on him by an abusive and violent father, mm-hmm. which is a lot deeper than some. What you're watching is it's it's 80s hair metal playing over aliens getting shot in the head, but the through line is deeper if you choose to go look for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, if all you want to watch is a bunch of aliens get shot in the head while 80s glam rock plays, you have that too. But there's like, to me, that is a sense of uh, as close to art as you can get in a commercialized industry like Hollywood. Yeah. So uh, what did you find to be the, 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 your least favorite part of it? Um, I didn't like it when they used Sophie Song. She's uh, one of the detectives. There was a joke with <clears throat> John Cena's character, his dad, where she's like interrogating him, and he's like, "Okay, Lucy Lou," yeah. and like she did like because he's racist. Yeah, he's racist. Let's or pull. he's equating her <clears throat> to a cultural icon. Exactly. That Just would be kidding. my ho- that would be my hope that he's like I love Maybe Kill Bill. He's so mm-hmm. progressive that he actually can name another Asian person. That would be amazing. <laughs> and yeah, and that's the joke. She. Uh, but then, then she kills the joke. Like she kicks a dead horse for no reason like she starts listing all the country singers like she named Blake Shelton and she's like okay I ran out of white people to name him and I'm like dude stop with the jokes another part of that is that will always be annoying to me mm-hmm. is that even though she's doing it as a rebuttal you can make that joke uh, about white people and it's never going to be considered racist yeah. but if he does it it's so bad that it's a culture it's a, a component of character that, of his character that you have to keep coming back to it'll always be this weird uh, double well, standard yeah it also it's an interesting in depiction. cinema it's an depi- interesting depiction of uh, white supremacists or Nazis or whatever he's supposed to be like 
wouldn't he not know who she, Lucy Liu is nope. if he was like they're all the same and bad mm-hmm. like uh, I mean he, I don't know he I don't, picked like a very con- he, like my guess would be like a character like that watched Kill Bill so he knows who he like but he wouldn't have been but able how to do we name, know that he did he, that he would have he mm-hmm. wouldn't have been able to name more than that but it's definitely portrayed when she does it to him it's that she's rebut you know she's Rebutting. punching up she's at him back. and he's but it's punching so down. dumb because yeah. like real asian people don't care yep. this is why you can't be racist towards asian people they don't care also they're like one of the largest populations of the planet like, exactly like um asian people can be racist to other asian people and we don't care and when other races like make fun of asian people we don't care we laugh at it because it's true but it's like when they do stupid jokes like that, it makes me very upset that white you, guilt writing mm-hmm. on display. Yeah, yeah, and it, it doesn't. Yeah. From what you guys both seem like, it doesn't seem like it enhances either nope. character of the show. Like that was what my point was. Like neither character is deeper or mm-hmm. more well-rounded or more relatable or whatever because of this type of humor. Mm-hmm. And and this is an ongoing thing. Remember, this is the show. And I'm going to bring it back to an example from Superman and Lois the other day. Yeah. There's an example here where whenever they talk about this character, they talk about him th- that he's awful because he's an awful person. Mm-hmm. But they talk about him being awful just because he's racist. And they kind of and they kind of gloss over the fact that he trained his son to be a murderer from a very young age and killed a bunch of people. I'm like, yeah. In the past, do, like, do they believe that he did that? Be- like, to- so his son would be like a racist killer? No, he did. Is that why they always focus on the race or did no so his dad's objective was to make his son like a superhero who gets rid of the crime around the world Hmm. like that's the whole objective and but uh, he never said like oh kill a certain race uh but yeah and then he uh uh and then the other day we uh, we were talking about in superman and lois yeah they have this thing where this character um uh jordan's girlfriend kissed a girl at at summer camp uh, right yeah. which is the most cliche story ever and then when she comes back and she tells him everyone's like mad at Jordan for being mad at her as in they're like uh, th- they think that he's mad at her because she kissed a girl mm-hmm. no he's mad that you kissed somebody that wasn't, wasn't him, him. Yeah. yeah I'm like and I'm re- I'm watching this I'm he's like, not being bigoted he's the mom goes the mom literally goes she goes and if she she goes I'm not a sh-, she goes to her mom she goes well I'm not ashamed or uh, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not ashamed of what happened I'm like mm-hmm. why not you he, should be because yeah this the makes point, no sense the i mean also like mm-hmm. if you were to talk to like maybe a lesbian you like, shouldn't be ashamed like if of you had a girlfriend a girl. who mm-hmm. was like like if you walked up to a lesbian and you were like it's okay if my girlfriend kisses you because like i don't think it counts when girls kiss like mm-hmm. that's actually very like that's very like that's not offensive that's not okay like this girl mm-hmm. when you're i mean they're teenagers right they're teenagers, yeah. like you know teenager relationships are complicated anyway it's not mm-hmm. that they shouldn't be treated with respect or exactly. anything like that but like yeah no don't it's not that the lgbt lgbtq storyline is the problem mm-hmm. it's like it's that you cheated it's that on him. you committed and that you broke a promise and that's disrespectful and then, regardless of who you kissed and then later he apologizes and he gives know. her a necklace he gives, yeah, he's like he's like i'm sorry that i made you feel i'm like Shh. also like that's just che- telling him that he can get like that's communicating to teenage boys watching the show that like there are times when they should be treated like crap mm-hmm for an ultimate political agenda Mm -hmm. so i was like i feel like i'm taking crazy pills i'm like no he doesn't care that you kissed a girl he cares that you kissed another human being Mm -hmm. that wasn't him also like that is wrong like if you're in a monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. and there should be i mean they're kids like i get it like this shouldn't uh, it's not a storyline where it should drag out for five episodes but the kid has a right to be angry Mm -hmm. i just think it sets like it's not a depiction of a healthy relationship even though that's kind of what they're trying to go for well in the show he should be more open-minded but like 
she should have respected him in the first place yeah. mm-hmm. it, it was like i don't I, know I, I just hate her character because there's a line where like he's like trying to talk to her and she's like so are we back together and i'm like no yeah. no don't take her back she's such a shitty person but the point i was i was addressing was <laughs> that this is this is a weird failing on the writer's part mm-hmm. that they're focused on one element that is arguably less important mm-hmm. than another element because it fits into some weird cultural narrative that's going mm-hmm. on right now which will be arguably different two to five years from now yeah. who yeah. knows where things will go in the grand scheme of things if you were writing for if you were trying to write evergreen content you would focus on the most important element and that's that your dad trained you to be a murderer from a young age and and taught you how to kill people and made you watch as people died as a child which is horrific violent child abuse Mm -hmm. but let's focus on the fact that he's also a racist piece of shit first yeah it doesn't make sense logically right why don't they just do what kick-ass did you know like combat girl was her name the one that Chloe, yep. okay, combat girl, like she was raised to be a killer too. Yep. Well, yeah. Why they didn't they like totally different tone mm-hmm. for the show? I know, but still, it's kind of like that where they're like, "Dude, you did a bad thing. You messed up your kid." Can I ask? Mm-hmm. Um, would you guys recommend this show, or would you recommend? Um, is it Article Eighty One? Uh, Archive Eighty One. Archive Eighty One. So, which which of the two that you guys are sort of currently watching would you recommend? Um. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends what mood you're in because yeah. archive. No, I, I want like a definitive statement. So di- well, I feel so like different. you like um, archive eighty one more. You would like mm-hmm. archive. I feel like mm-hmm. it, I, I recommended it to Chris, and he started watching it right away. So, who would you recommend Peacemaker for? Um, Dane. Dane. Yeah, like, Dane what, would like it. Describing it. Presumably, um, your listeners. Oh, they de- they did meet Dane. Dane was on. Yeah, show, Dane right? was on mm-hmm. yesterday. Um. I don't like it's like I said. This it's a is little more like, action packed. Mm-hmm. Way more, yeah. The, well, the other, he likes the unPC culture in mm. it. That's what Dane likes, so that's why I would recommend that. In to Peacemaker, him. he likes it. Um, I hope so because like. But I thought you guys were saying they do like a lot, have a lot of PC writing. Well, it's just like the racist bigoted thing with the white man. The violence, mm-hmm. the the ultra violence. The I don't think PC is the right word for it. I think it's just more. Uh, uh, it's a lot more in your face. It's and more it's, like an action it's, movie. It's, 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 yeah. Uh, whereas Archive 81 <laughs> is more of a, a psychological thriller. Yeah. That's why I said you might like it more because like it makes you try to investigate and pick out what's wrong. Like, why is he watching these videos? Why is he hired to do this? The first thing I would ask mm-hmm. the person, I said, what's, uh, I said, do you consider yourself someone with a strong attention span? If they said, I don't, ha- I feel like my attention span is very easily swayed, I'd send them to Peacemaker mm-hmm. right away because it's going to hold your attention much more with shiny uh, shiny imagery, uh, lots of swearing, and, uh, you know, vulgar yeah. dialogue, mm-hmm. which, like I said, that is something where, on the surface, sounds very childish and immature, but the emotional beats that are that they pull from this through James Gunn's writing through the uh the ability to turn characters that are uh, on the outside very very one dimensional mm-hmm. to be very three dimensional on the inside but you have to be attuned to what's being said mm-hmm. and to the to the way it's the okay. story's told so Interesting. like yeah, I would argue that uh one seems like a surface level uh psychological like like the archive 81 seems very intelligent mm-hmm. uh and uh and arts and art house on the outside whereas I feel like a, a show like Peacemaker has elements of that but it's just much more well hidden mm-hmm. um, through layered writing that uh, takes two tones and tries to mash them together in a way that would be very very hard to do outside of somebody with a lot of talent in the writing yeah. process so I, I give Gunn a lot of credit for mm-hmm. that I do think like I said though that his writing is much more in tune with something with uh 
uh, an, a movie budget, meaning that those action scenes would have to be longer uh, in a film uh, and more, you know, and you'd mm-hmm. see more of it. But seeing one of those in episode, it's very noticeable. Like we have exactly this much money for one of these scenes per episode, yeah. and the rest is talking in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Cool. Yep. I don't know. Um, I kind of like the episode because, like, at the end part with um. Daniela Brooks character mm-hmm. where she like puts on Peacemaker's helmet with the x-ray vision. Yeah, you knew right mm-hmm. away it was going to happen, but they paid it off well. Yeah. Uh, basically, she realizes that the character of Myrne, their boss, has been uh, infected butterfly. by the butterflies mm-hmm. uh, for at least, you know, they don't know how long, but, mm-hmm. and then he attacks her in the episode end, so they left it on a good cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about Euphoria? Um, I never got into it, no, but our, the watching it is not the important part here. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. Um, there's been I should let you read the article yep. first, but um, I think this is an interesting topic. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this one um, hits close to home for me because I, I have strong opinions on stuff like this. So it says, uh, HBO's Euphoria slammed for glamorizing drug use in anonymous sex for teens. The second season of HBO's Euphoria is well and truly underway, and it's sparked a lot of backlash from one concerned organization. The series follows Rue, played by the Emmy Award-winning actor Zendaya, a high, a high school student who is not only trying to navigate... I just want to point out that word should be actress, but they're going for gender-neutral language. They've mm-hmm. been doing that for you. Uh, a lot know, of actresses feel, feel like that it's, it's rude. Worth, I just feel like it's worth pointing out. A lot of actresses feel you. like it's rude to say, like, we shouldn't be differentiated. So, like, in the Oscars one day, it'll be male. it's weird to erase gender from our language. Sorry. Yeah. Over to you. Not your fault. Latinx. Um, no. No. <laughs> Dane, None of that. Dane had a problem with that, too. Uh, says, not, she's not only trying to navigate the complexities of teenage life, but also a pretty serious drug addiction. The first season saw how she was sent to rehab after nearly dying from an overdose, and it only took her five days before she's back on it. You see Rue cause heartache in her family, as well as trouble with her friends and other relationships, as she continues to spiral out of control. They've done, a, like, just from these images, they've done a fantastic job with her makeup to make her just look like... I. I've seen so many people like that in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second installment, which debuted earlier this month, sees Zendaya's... Ca- it's Zendaya, right? I say Zendaya. Yeah, Zendaya. I, I say Zendaya, but Zendaya's character in pretty much <laughs> the same place. The opening episode saw her at a New Year's Eve party where she nearly overdoses on heroin and takes another drug to, tra- to try and correct it. Likely they're talking about... Uh, Narcan. N- Narcan or Naloxone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happens while her classmates are getting drunk and high. Hey, haying pretty illicit uh, sexual encounters. I don't know what that word is. H a i n g. Haying. I'm gonna look Hying. it up. Maybe it's a spell. It could. Uh, they might have been trying to spe- say having pretty illicit sexual encounters mm-hmm. with one another. Uh, one nearly beats the other to death. It's no surprise that Dare Drug Abuse Resistance Education isn't happy. The organization is an education program that seeks to prevent use of controlled drugs, membership in gangs, and violent behavior. Speaking to, D- to TMZ, they said, rather than further each, each, each parent's desire to keep their children safe from the potentially horrific consequences of drug abuse and other high-risk behavior, HBO's television drama Euphoria chooses to misguidingly glorify and erroneously depict high school drug use, uh, addiction, anonymous sex, violence, and other destructive behaviors as common and widespread in today's world. Um, they are common and widespread mm-hmm. in today's world. And I would like to point out that uh, D.A.R.E. is a largely considered a failed program, mm-hmm. much like Stranger Danger mm-hmm. in the 80s. Uh, it, it does not keep kids from using drugs. Uh, uh, Augustine Frizzell, who directed the show's pilot episode, hoped that the series sparks a conversation between teenagers and parents, while creator Sam Levinson said that the show should open up a dialogue and bridge the disconnect between parents and teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I hate edutainment. <laughs> I hate. Mm-hmm. I hate mess. I hate heavily message like heavily done messaging in in movies it used to be a tv show would have one episode like that a year mm-hmm. like a psa type episode for the most part even though this is a topic that's extremely close to home for me i would rather that hollywood doesn't lecture me and if they're making entertainment for the sake of entertainment i want you to go ahead and make it yeah. it is the parents job to uh make sure their kids are not consuming materials be it drugs or television and movies, uh, it is the parent's job to parent. It is not Hollywood's job yeah. to to parent. I I would say okay. First off, that word I think is a typo. I think they meant having. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that bothers me about this, oh well, we're hoping that it opens a dialogue. The reality mm-hmm. is, most teenagers are probably sitting alone in the room on their laptop, binge watching this show. They're not yeah. going down to their parents and saying, "Look at this it's, awesome show. Let's talk about it." We have moved away from a culture that sits down as a family at five o'clock to watch a TV show together, and yeah. you know, and some there are instances where teenage some teenagers might be watching it with their parent in mm-hmm. the room. It might be something you know that a parent uses to have an opening to be like. Is this the kind of pressure you're facing at school? I could understand where that's coming mm-hmm. from. And I think if that is the way you have these conversations with your teenager, that's awesome. Because I don't think that, you know, personally, I don't think that a culture of deny, like mm-hmm. pretending that your teenager won't be uh, in a position where they'll have sex as a teen or they mm-hmm. might be introduced to drugs, you know, whatever it is. I don't think that that's a realistic, um, t- closing your eyes to it isn't a realistic strategy. Mm-hmm. I just think that the reality is that most teenagers are watching this in bulk, in mass, all at one time. They're not discussing it with anyone and your brain is registering this, these things differently than if you were to have it in a in an open setting with an, with an adult in the room and you were consuming it as part of a larger <coughs> dialogue, which they are probably not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have like, you ever had this discussion with your parents? Mm, my so i was raised by my grandparents and they told me oh you're not allowed to date until you're um you graduate college and then they changed it they decreased it they said okay you can date when you're 21 and like wow that was i was 21 when i graduated college well so they they did the same that was nothing for you yeah so it wasn't like i talked to brett about it like so i wasn't sexually active in high school it would have been like it would have wouldn't change me either way because i wasn't interested Mm -hmm. during that time i was like it's a funny topic for me i could talk about it but other than that it wouldn't change it but what my grandparents did so they'll watch these movies with me when i was a kid but then they'll tell me oh close your eyes or go to a different room and that's what my parents are doing with my younger siblings so i have siblings who are under the age of 16 Mm -hmm. and they're watching grown shows like this for me i it it's kind of cool that you want to like watch something with your kids but i don't think it's age appropriate to watch with somebody who's not in high school like i have a brother who's eight years old and he's watching this but they really tell, yeah wow. and they tell him like oh close your eyes don't watch this or they fast forward quickly yeah. i was referring and I, it's funny because it yeah. shows you how different we're talking about i wasn't even referring to the to the sex aspect of it i was referring to the drug aspect that's the part that hits home for me mm-hmm. um well my parents don't care even though they abuse drugs at a young age but i don't think they care about that part they care more about sex they think sex is more dangerous than drugs see i think it's that my is, comment that relates, is fascinating my comment yeah. relates to both like the drug use or yeah. you know yeah. wh- whatever like i i mean i don't want to critique your parents miracle but yeah. like i think if you aren't ready to mm-hmm. have conversations like this with your teens um mm-hmm. that you are um <laughs> you're making i mean yeah i i don't think 
I think parenting is really difficult and I'm not trying to undercut the seriousness mm-hmm. of that but I think that you know pretending teenagers aren't being exposed to these things is not gonna help yeah but I also do think that like I haven't seen the show the thing that I've seen about the show the most the big big trend has been on reels or on TikTok of people being like um when you when you're getting ready for school you forgot mm. you go to euphoria high yeah. and it'll be like it's it's the audio from like spongebob i think and it's squidward saying and where is your uniform and the person will walk in the frame they'll hear that line and then they'll walk out and they'll come back in like what i would associate with like going to the club hardcore trying to show off outfits like just kind of stuff that looks a little bit ridiculous yeah um i also seen a parody of it where it's when you forget you go to wes anderson high <laughs> which is hilarious mm. um you know, mm. I just think that like the the creators of the show claim, oh, it's to foster a conversation. Like, I don't. You think aren't so. releasing it. You aren't releasing it one episode a week at a set time when a family might say, like, yeah. "Hello, mm-hmm. my oh, son I didn't Brett." Think about, I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? They're yeah. releasing it to Netflix for kids to watch alone. Well, this one is on HBO Max, so it's a little bit different. Like, um, not really. I mean, it's the same thing. It's just uh, a different service. Well who's gonna watch? Because like, there's another show that like my parents like we're showing my siblings they were watching it with my siblings it's called uh genie and georgia um i don't know if you watch it i've heard of it but okay. i've never seen it so basically it's about a mom her daughter and their son they moved to different states they never explain why but later in the series you'll find out why like they moved to a different state every time but what happened was there's like scenes where they do talk about like underage drinking mm-hmm. and then um underage um fornication and then like self harming Mm -hmm. and like netflix at the end for the episode where she like basically like puts a lighter on her thighs to create scars Mm -hmm. at the end of the credits they said if you need help just talk to somebody but they don't say like hey you okay fam like let's not show this to kids are you familiar with the concept Mm -hmm. of um like i think they're called suicide pods yeah like they're where um it has cyanide in it right no sorry that's not a term i'm using the wrong term but mm-hmm. there's a phenomenon where if a community especially close-knit communities like yeah a teenager commits clusters suicide clusters thank mm-hmm. you commit suicide it is likely that there was another suicide if not more going to occur in yeah. that same community mm-hmm. um you know i think that i can't say i've never seen the show i can't say what the effect would be mm-hmm. but um I think teenagers today we know are extremely high risk mm-hmm. of you know they they use the internet more than anyone else yeah. they're spending more time on screens than any generation before them partially because of yeah. lockdown and virtual schooling and partially mm-hmm. because you know they have less access to regular interaction with people yeah. because of coronavirus restrictions mm-hmm. uh suicide rates self-harm rates the rates of depression are extremely high among teenagers and i think that hand in hand mm-hmm. that behavior is linked to um you know lower having sex at an earlier age mm-hmm. or they're at higher risk of abusing drugs and mm-hmm. i just think that like it's an interesting choice to release this show knowing that's the reality mm-hmm. um I don't know. I mean, I can't say that they shouldn't well, have because mm-hmm. I believe in free expression. I believe in the creative Same. process. Mm-hmm. But, you know, is it enough to say, oh, but it's so parents can talk to their kids about it if that's not really happening? I well, don't it, I don't believe for mm-hmm. one second that this show is causing kids to do drugs, but no. I also don't believe in for one second that it's increasing any dialogue mm-hmm. between parents and their kids at all. Uh, I will say that Zendaya 
Zendaya mm -hmm. did leave uh, a trigger warning um, saying that this may uh, this may affect you. I can't watch Where things did she, like what did, what do you before mean she, the first episode. She uh, personally, she personally yeah. uh, released one both on her social media saying like, if you're going to watch this, you need to be aware of what you're getting into. I can't watch things like this because mm -hmm. of my years of drug abuse. I can't I can't watch Requiem for a Dream anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't watch anything with heavy uh, focus on these things because it's immediately takes me back to where I used to be and mm -hmm. puts me in a place that could uh, very well uh, uh, I could lose an entire day of work having to work through seeing something like this mm -hmm. um, but I also don't want Dare telling people what the hell an artist can or can't make mm -hmm. because Dare has no place in the world telling uh, an artist what they can make art about yeah. uh, like I said this is up to the parents to tell their kids what they need to uh, it's up to parents to know what their kids are watching mm -hmm. I know that's a hard thing to it's do in, in today's world but it's your job <coughs> you chose to have children, children. and mm -hmm. you need to be there for them uh, and the fact of the matter is that these things are the, the reality we live in now drugs are extremely accessible drugs are extremely yep. dangerous but there's nothing that we can do as a society uh but nothing that taking away art is going to do to prevent kids from doing it mm -hmm. well i wish in some ways dare had challenged euphoria's creators to like donate to you know i know there are schools that specialize in working with students who are struggling with addiction yeah. like students who may be in a position that some of their characters are mm -hmm. um and from what i know and that's very little you know the show is profiting off these images, but it's not necessarily using its platform to increase any specific cause. And again, for me, all of these things need to be tied to specific action. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Then do TV shows about uh, cops need to give money to anti-crime funds? Uh, I don't think anyone like needs to do anything, but I think it would be worth doing. You know, I think today's day and age tells us that like we believe in how we use our money and we use believe in how we direct our influence mm -hmm. um if they were really concerned or if they really believe that this their show was part of larger conversations about drug use and sex with among teenagers it wouldn't hurt they don't have to but it wouldn't hurt to take mm -hmm. a specific you know to be sort of the benefactor for a specific cause mm -hmm. i also have no problem with hollywood getting taken to task for this because yeah. hollywood loves to virtue signal and cl <coughs> constantly claim that they're making the world a better place with the stuff they're doing which i agree i, I disagree with mm -hmm. i don't think that this is making the world any better. I don't think that movies that have a strong representation are changing the world. Mm -hmm. I think that real people in the real world change the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, uh, I, I hate virtue signaling, but I also hate the idea that they want to turn everything, uh, they want control of these industries just as much. Yeah, so. and it also, I mean, I haven't seen the show, but like, some of it is are these realistic mm -hmm. expectations of what high school parties or what high schoolers are facing maybe mm -hmm. in some places not all high schools i think no. that like more than anything um we are playing we because they're like oh it's about drug use and these hard things because they're about grittier topics mm -hmm. we forget that in some ways they are glamorized as well mm -hmm. right and um you know it's glamorized because it's art. It's it's going to... There isn't a way to do this that won't be... I don't think it's about its art. I think in this case, it's like pretty teenagers up to trouble. She does not look pretty in these photos. She I, always so looks just, pretty. The, She's a beautiful girl. But I'm saying that right there, they're, they're showing her at, at a low point. It's not yeah. like they're saying that yeah, she's happy. Yeah, but like a really hot up, person's so low point is still not the same as like an average looking person's yeah, low point. But, um, but scroll up, maybe like um, show her that photo where she's crying. Yeah, I can kind of see what you mean. Like she's still pretty. And there's still these mm -hmm. like 
you know, when you are home in lockdown, mm-hmm. you have nowhere to go and you're not getting invited anywhere because you don't exactly. even know the kids you started high school with two years ago. Well, like any party looks better than okay. no party. But then a part of the article where it says anonymous sex, um, since kids have more access to the internet, you can talk to people who are nearby you that might want to do it. So um even with the lockdowns you can still figure out a way but it's more dangerous Mm -hmm. i mean you don't know who you're meeting up with online yeah this is the parent's job this is not the job of hollywood or Mm -hmm. any other or it's not dare's responsibility it's not hollywood's responsibility it is your job as a parent to make sure that your kid uh is is feel safe coming to you when they have questions about Mm -hmm. things that they uh are dealing with in their everyday life what if they don't like just a hypothetical Mm -hmm. what if you have a teenager who's been watching this alone in the room you know you can see on your family netflix account or hbo or whatever mm-hmm. that they're watching it but they never talk to you about it are you obligated to ask them hey i've, I've been reading about the show like why are you watching mm-hmm. it what would you do in that position brett as a parent uh would you bring it up first th- that depends on if they have the same account you know are we talking well, about do they have their own account no i just gave you a hypothetical okay. like you share an hbo whatever account with your kid you can i would see ask them what they think uh, what they think about the show and listen for what their response is if if what they give you is some half-baked oh it was interesting or oh i like it doesn't sound like something you watch for fun it's mm-hmm. uh, or it sounds like something you watch to um it's not something where you're going to get a one like word answer. It can be a form mm-hmm. of voyeurism too. Like that sounds yeah. a little extreme, but like teenager. I my example knows all teenagers are locked up. I know it's not mm-hmm. true everywhere, but like teenagers who are in these space, who are watching these shows, who mm-hmm. are staying home and binge watching, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. It's I don't know for me um, because I grew up with like family who will let little kids watch like grown up things like this but then still tell us like the look away or go to a different yeah. room like um for me i'm like mm, i don't know because i was exposed to like watching adult things at a young age mm-hmm. so for me it just depends and how brad said earlier it you have to teach your own kids mm-hmm. it's not somebody else's job to teach your kids yeah, and I don't people, want the government getting mm-hmm. involved in banning video games because they're violent because mm-hmm. they are of this fantasy that that's causing people to be violent. Mm-hmm. I don't want intervention from Dare. I don't want intervention from the government. I want parents <coughs> to do their job, and I want entertainers to entertain. Yeah, yeah. it's actually it reminds me a lot of uh, criticism that Gossip Girl got mm-hmm. back in the day um, because they didn't. I don't think they depicted it, but like they implied some characters are gonna have a three way, and generally mm-hmm. <laughs> all of the teenage characters in that show are drinking and having sex and mm-hmm. doing whatever. Um, you know, in some ways, this is just a reiteration of things that we've already discussed as a culture and not mm-hmm. come to any conclusions about. Um, but I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I don't want government or Hollywood, aka a corporation, just telling my teenager mm-hmm. what to do or how to do it. But I think that in reality, they are saying this is bad. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they do or don't. Like they're they're ha- they're free to release whatever statement they want. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately, if we really want to see change, it involve it has to be it comes down to parental involvement. Have you ever had health class in high school? Like, was it a requirement for you to take? Um, yeah, it was a requirement for mm. us. What about yeah, you? so, because, like, I'm just asking, because, like, my school, like, they didn't really teach us about sexual, um, sexual safety. They told us absent is key. Like, that was the thing. Like, the message for our se- um, sex ed class. Absent is key. Don't do it. That's bad. And then, for drugs, they kind of glazed it over, because, like, Bakersfield... Um, there is a drug problem there. We're not number one in the nation for the drug problem, but we mm-hmm. are number one in the nation. I don't know if it changed recently, but during my time, 
number one in the nation for chlamydia. Mm. See, heroin was mm-hmm. prominent at my school. I mean, in my yeah. area, at least, too. Um, that was definitely something that happened. <coughs> like, our, our teachers refer to it. Like, mm-hmm. it occurs in our building. You just yeah. don't always see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's, again, unrealistic to... Mm-hmm tell your teenagers like the the idea that if you don't talk to your teenager about it or if you try to shield them from media that has it mm-hmm. that they will never encounter it is mm-hmm. are, is not realistic on the other hand do they need to see it graphically depicted regularly i'm not sure well again it, that comes down to mm-hmm. you as a parent like it, it comes down to you as a parent and like it reminds me of this youtuber that i watch uh joe um, Jitsukawa he talks about like how he grew up with his mom so his dad left when he was 14 and his mom is like um I believe she's a nurse or something in the me- uh, medical field mm-hmm. and he said yeah like we'll watch these adult um, movies or tv shows but then like she wouldn't shield me from the scenes she would just tease me about it and like I was like more comfortable to her to talk about like my yeah. sexual experiences so it just really depends on the parents how you teach your kids because again like your kids are a clean slate if you explain to them like oh yeah that's um just sex or not like how i just said it like nonchalant like that mm-hmm. um but i don't know again it's not the government or entertainment to teach your kids like this is a bad thing this is bad but also kids are dumb like they'll do whatever they want let them have their experience yeah i think mm-hmm. it's just a testament that like like brett was saying parents need to <laughs> They, they mm-hmm. need to play a more active role in what their kids are hearing. And that yeah. actually starts at a really young age, mm-hmm. starting with how young, like when, how much, how often do you park your toddler in front of mm-hmm. a movie? What movie is it? Are you putting them in front of Coco Melon? Yeah. Are you putting them in front of whatever? Like, I think that we are. Part of what got us to the problem we're in right now mm-hmm. is a lack of parents knowing what their kids are consuming. Yeah. But like I said, that is not and, the and industry's job to change. That is the family's job to be more cohesive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I think there's, both. I mean, I don't think one is... I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think that, you know, we believe in television. Like, it's like if we don't totally know what's going on, it's probably okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, just generally, I think that, you know, dependency on screens for entertainment is at any age during development can be da- more dangerous than people realize. Mm-hmm. I also think you're giving kids less credit. Um, I think when kids watch this these days, kids understand that what they're watching is a horrifying depiction of something bad happening. They're not going to, yeah, maybe they watch it and they're like, wow, that looks like it feels really good, but it's not like the show's leaving it there. They're depicting, and like I said, I've gone through this firsthand. I started that way and it quickly spiraled until you're, and like I said, you can't understand what that feels like until you actually go through it, until Mm -hmm. you actually go through it. So the hope is that the kid sees that, sees how horrible it is. And even though, in my opinion, you can see it all you want but mm-hmm. until you feel it you won't actually understand what that ex- what that experience feels like mm-hmm. but the goal is that you're not just showing them feeling good and i would argue that ki- showing kids drinking um never getting in trouble when they're in high school is just as damaging because every yeah. single one of those opportunities uh <coughs> leads the possibility of a drunk driving accident mm-hmm. or, alcohol or, poisoning. or alcohol poisoning that is in uh, alcohol uh just because it's legal does not mean it's any safer yeah uh, so i would say that it, then 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 i ask the question where do we stop you mm-hmm. can't uh, you're trying if you're trying to accurately portray the the 
teen, the American teenage experience, whether it be from uh, a kid at a house party, uh, a good old boys in the middle in the middle of the country uh, having fun on a Friday night, or if you're trying to depict a severe drug problem at a college or a high or at a high school in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the valley mm-hmm. like uh it is the artist's job to bet to most to most accurately portray what they're trying to get across it's the parent's job to be there to help their kids mm-hmm. make sense of that if that is indeed what they need mm-hmm. so uh like, but like mm-hmm. i said I, I i laugh when i see this stuff because i can't watch it because of what i've been through but uh, you until you go through it like uh like i actually have to commend the actors because like to even get to even be able to portray like a, a quarter of what it's actually like to go through uh severe withdrawal mm-hmm. um y- it would be very hard to do uh i know that some of them they've gone to detox centers and had to talk with people who go through these things mm-hmm. um it's uh, a very like as an artist i imagine that's very challenging for them mm-hmm. and they're not doing it like uh, you know some of them might do it for a paycheck but a young actress like zendaya who i'm guessing is quite uh <coughs> um not what not the term the term isn't bleeding heart but is very idyllic mm-hmm. uh, uh has an idealized uh image of her profession that she wants to convey something important you know i'd like to give them benefit of the doubt and say they're not just doing it for a paycheck you know if you're if you're a, someone of her caliber and has access to the role she has she's doing it because she believes in what she's doing she feels that she's portraying something accurately maybe she does buy that it is for the good of uh maybe. the public mm-hmm. but I mean, I think it's just as likely, actually, that she started on Disney Channel and she was on, you know, she's known for being in Spider-Man, which is, like, not a super serious movie. Uh, I think, ultimately, you know, there's a chance that she is choosing roles like this to show that she has more range as an actress. Award season, um, yeah. Not just award season, but just as an artist, that she yep. can she can per, she can convey heavier, stronger messages, like you're saying, like, you're saying, like being able to accurately... Uh, portray severe withdrawal or um, the height of addiction is is isn't easy um, so whether or not she is committed to the message of like drugs are serious and like the choices you make as an adolescent have consequences you know I commend her for taking on something challenging though uh, I, I would assume most for most of these people you know there's hypocrisy there I'm sure a lot of them do as well um, yeah do as I say not as I do uh, in a lot of ways so it is what it is. Uh, it is interesting to me the the fact that Miracle went straight to the uh, to the sex aspect of it, and my mind goes straight to the drug aspect of it because it's a sign of uh, you've been raised in different households with different focuses on different yeah. things and different life experience. So yeah. I uh, I didn't even until she brought up the the what is it like the anonymous sex anonymous mm-hmm. sex I didn't even, didn't even occur to me. Yeah, I, I think like I was trying to say before, like not all communities have the same problems, mm-hmm. right? And exactly. not all teenagers have access to the same thing. Mm-hmm. So exactly. the prevalence of like what they are experiencing, what they're struggling with, which is one of the reasons why a show might you like Euphoria might seem over the top or yeah. seem excessive because they're trying to cover everything, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas drug use off- and sex often go together in these cases. Sure, they I, I believe that, but what I also mean is like the uh, <coughs> the cultural aspect of like where your parties are taking place how many people are there are you using because you're from a poor area that has a lot of access and you Mm -hmm. can buy heroin off your stepdad or are you (laughs) more affluent so maybe you're breaking into liquor cabinets and you have you know whatever like there are all kinds of depictions of it and Mm -hmm. i think that ultimately that's where people are frustrated with things like like euphoria which is like it just it can seem over the top. Yep. So uh, in the end, I say sorry, dare, but uh, t- 
tell the parents it's their job it's not your job exactly <laughs> See, i don't care that they made a statement i think that's fine it's just that like it's not enough in my opinion mm-hmm. like it's like when actresses are like, like when we talked about sandra bullock and she was like because of misogyny i'm not getting whatever yeah. and it was mm-hmm. like nothing is happening to you yep. exactly i don't know for me i just don't like the whole thing where they're blaming they're blaming entertainment or things that entertain people it's meant to entertain people it's not meant to give you a message unless there is like that's the problem they're they're doing too much of the attempting to entertain or to educate people all the time anyways i'm i'm annoyed at how joyless hollywood is Mm. and how much of it feels like an after school special Mm -hmm. so if they can do something like that in a slick and very very gritty way that doesn't feel like you're being (coughs) preached to but actually you're you're watching something extremely uh visceral i would rather see that Albeit not on this topic because of where it hits close to home sure. for me, mm-hmm. uh, I would rather see that than a bunch of really, really cookie cutter um, speeches from people that come off as if you're being lectured. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I don't know. It annoys the living shit out of me sometimes. It happens. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Netflix stock. I mm-hmm. save this one for I save this one for Hannah Claire. Oh. Um, Why? Because they've lost forty percent of their value in three weeks. Now these topics are always kind of. Uh, up in uh, the, the, you have to be careful like how the people you're reading from frame the article mm-hmm. uh, because let's put it this way however down Netflix stock is I'm sure they're still doing plenty fine yeah uh, they make a lot of money I know that they're always operating at a loss well, because they're constantly investing in new in new media sure and are they down from last year because I would assume during 2020 and 2021, they had a particularly successful, successful year. year. Like yep. if they're down by 40, but they're about where they were in 2019, yep. they're probably doing okay. Well, let's see. It says, uh, since the beginning of 2022, shares of streaming service behemoth Netflix have lost a stunning 40% of their value owing to dismal new client data and industry analyst downgrades, all of which may be a harbinger of a far more difficult future for a corporation that once had no competition. I think that speaks to the heart of it right there is just how much uh, competition is coming out right now. Uh, Shares of Netflix were down nearly 12% in the morning trading at the beginning of this week after the stock dropped more than 20% Friday following reports that the streamer had been uh, weaker than expected fourth quarter subscriber results and a pessimistic outlook from the first quarter of the new year. Executives (coughs) were blaming the latest, what is it? COVID variant. Uh Omicron, because it's always um, Mm -hmm. the fault of COVID every single time. That doesn't make sense. Didn't Netflix do well because of COVID? Because everyone had to stay home? Uh, But this is the best part of it. You can literally come up with an uh, argument for anything. Well, it's COVID and maybe they don't have a job, so maybe they can't afford Netflix. Like you can, it's it's literally, you can make an excuse of this Mm -hmm. for any industry, for anything, if you think hard enough about it, right? So it says Netflix could lose as many as 750,000 subscribers in Great Britain as their, in Great Britain, in in Great Britain, as their titles rank among the most streamed in Europe, according to a report from The Guardian. It's part of a larger trend that has seen legacy Hollywood studios remove more of their content from Netflix in order to build their own streaming services that's what's going on with cbs all access with Mm -hmm. peacock hbo max i mean there's literally a dozen of them Mm -hmm. now at all times it says uh and then i want to go to this other article uh it says netflix has netflix has blamed the recent quarter low subscriber growth on the covid19 outbreak as well as rising streaming competition as is customary the firm did not address consumer dissatisfaction which is which it's most awakened okay they're going to get as is customary yeah uh well they're going to get into more biased stuff there about left-wing content and climate change blah 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 blah. i i don't care about that stuff i I do think that plays a factor but i don't think it plays the factor that 
that a lot of these out. I'm always very careful to look at where the news, you know, I have my news article uh, sites that I go to and I know where their bias tends to lie. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's relevant enough to to make a point here. But this other article does uh, address a bunch of the concerns. Now, the first one they list list is get woke. You know the rest. We're going to ignore that one. Uh, I like these other reasons that they give better. I think they're more uh, relevant to the average person. We forget sometimes that we're involved in this, whether we like to admit it or not, culture war of sorts where we we pay attention to this stuff, but a lot of people don't. Like mm-hmm. I know people that have very little knowledge of what's going on outside of the fact that like, they might n- see a movie that has stuff like that in it and they don't like it, but they don't know why they don't like it. They just think the storytelling's bad, mm-hmm. right? So this is these other reasons feel more concrete to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, geo-locked content. Me and Miracle have talked about this before, about the need for a VPN if you want to even have yep. access to most of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it says, Netflix has stared down the problem of geo-locked content for years, and the situation hasn't gotten any better. Depending on which part of planet Earth a subscriber hails from, Netflix is either a decent investment or a lump of coal. Canadian viewers will attest to this firsthand as the Netflix catalog was, is, and all Always will be subpar compared to their southern neighbors. I love the flourish of the writing there. Mm-hmm. Was, is, and always will be. How do they know? Maybe it gets better someday. Maybe no. this article changes everything. Painting the subscription base with one brush is impossible given the geolocation dynamics in play. In 2021, the United States of America averaged 67 million subscriptions, which is an astonishing number for a country with a population of 334 million. In other countries, those numbers were far lower. What's interesting there is like, I I wonder if a lot of it has to do with like, uh, I don't know if there's Netflix in Saudi Arabia, but there's Mm -hmm. definitely a whole crap ton of stuff that wouldn't be allowed to be played in Saudi Arabia. Some of it has to do with licensing deals, meaning that whoever owns the rights to Doctor Who (coughs) may be able to play it in one country, but will not have access to play it in another. The same thing goes for every movie has its own licensing deals. One of the biggest pet peeves is when I'm looking on like Amazon Prime and there's like a show I've been rewatching very slowly mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get the dreaded like expires in 14 days and mm-hmm. I'm like I don't have time to watch all this in the next 14 days sure. I barely have enough time in the day to watch anything that I want to watch for fun yeah. most of what I'm watching I'm watching because we're reviewing or I'm just working so it's like when I go to bed I man have, this like, job's ruined watching TV for you Yep. I it was one of the things I worried about uh, I was like uh, I didn't like the idea that it would uh, damage the I mean the, but the stuff that I love will always be there and those are things that I watch before I go to bed mm-hmm. uh, you know that, that that I've seen so many times that I don't have to actually be paying attention to it it's like comfort food but it's comfort entertainment yeah I get mm-hmm. you everyone has that show for them I have about 50 of those shows um, it is what it is uh, it says Canada has only 7 million subscriptions how many people are in Canada a lot mm, I don't know can you, can you can you figure it can somebody figure out for me how many people there are in Canada to- yeah. Canada total the UK has 13 million, France has 8 million, Germany 11 million. Like, I would have thought these numbers would be higher given the size of Netflix, right? But like, we're just saying that they have an abysmal catalog. Like, if you could get, you know, something else instead, why wouldn't nope. you? They list price There's hikes. 30, 38 million. Sorry. Thank you. Okay, no, so no, that's actually a pretty good same. amount for a country of 38 million. But like, what's the per, like what percentage of Americans have a Netflix account? It said 67 million Americans in a country of 334 million. And then 7 million uh, Canadians in a country of 30-something million. That's a pretty good number. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's. I mean, it's not half, but it's. Yeah, getting, it's not it's, like nothing. It's just like I don't think it's proportional. So it says uh, price hikes are always listed. I don't know if that's like. For me, I, I guess maybe it's just because you you have to accept that it's going to keep happening. The, the price hikes are always going to to be there. Usually once a year, Netflix raises it in the new. Uh, at the <coughs> yeah, new but if you're competing <coughs> against like Amazon Prime streaming mm-hmm. service, that's already like. It's sort of a staple. Amazon Prime has the best 
business model because then you get free shipping on your There's I would never get rid buying, of Amazon Prime. You're getting a package. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would never get rid of Amazon I Prime. I wish they would roll Audible into it. That's really killing me that it's like a separate thing. Yep. Uh, like right now I have just about uh, all of them except for like Peacock and the CB like for the network specific ones that mm-hmm. I'm just there's not enough there. Uh, for me to watch but it usually ends up being like three to f- you have three to four things from each one of these places that are good enough to keep it but if you can't even get that like uh, here so they list price hikes the other one it says no patience when developing uh, mm-hmm. IPs all of these companies have become like really really half-assed uh, IP farms meaning that they're constantly looking to build new properties but they're still fo- they still live and die on having The Office or Seinfeld there mm-hmm. that keeps mm-hmm. people coming back Netflix doesn't have any patience when it comes to creating new stuff. They get two, three seasons, and then they cancel it. Whereas something like Disney, um, they have so much IP that they already own Mm -hmm. that they don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. They can create new shows all they want. They've got so many movies and so many things that they already own. The... the, intellectual property infrastructure is already there yeah and that's why netflix is our are always operating at a loss because they have to constantly build new stuff but yeah. then it doesn't feel like they put the effort well, and like it. disney plus can operate off like a fair amount of nostalgia they mm-hmm. have a lot of stuff one of my friends had a baby you know she first time mom we, we couldn't really go anywhere when i went to see her her son mm-hmm. was like six weeks old so she was on a free trial of disney plus and we just watched like every halloween movie we could think of which like think of twitches or like all those weird things disney put out when you were a kid um and then i saw that they were doing like the you can search like a holiday it'll be like and it'll show you all the movies but also all the like all the christmas episodes from mm-hmm. every show so and, show they have in disney costs half of what mm-hmm. these uh, uh i think that will go up one day plus disney also does uh like um all at like vod access to yeah. stuff whereas netflix doesn't do that the thing is i feel like that netflix I mean, again, this is anecdotal, but Netflix doesn't have an identity anymore. Like, I think of, like, uh, if I knew I really wanted to watch horror movies, right? There mm. is a horror movie. Shudder. Shudder, right? Yep. You can, mm-hmm. you might subscribe to that if you really love the genre. Yep. Um, you know, the other platforms, like, you would go to Peacock if you really want to watch The Office. Um, I feel like Netflix is if becoming I home watch to foreign uh, to foreign content. Kind of, yeah. it depends, right? I mean, if I want to watch British TV, isn't there Acorn? I could uh, I could subscribe mm-hmm. to that. Or does I think BBC has their own right, um, like, as well. If you if you have a specific genre of something you like to watch, you go there. And I think Netflix is struggling because they're, you know, from what I understand, and again, I'm not the top critic here. Uh, Netflix original content is hit or miss. Very, they, very. They aren't specializing in a genre. They're all over the place, and it's not developing a cult following the way some staple shows that are on other platforms have. Mm-hmm. I would say that like the show Archive 81, when you see the f- the the filming style of a show like that, do you remember the show Travelers? I think me and you talked yeah. about that. That has that same kind of static camera, tight shot, mm-hmm. uh, very art house look to it. And But the problem is that's not wide, that's not a wide uh, uh, a range of people. The stuff that they have that's successful was all licensed stuff. Like mm-hmm. the Mar- they had Marvel shows, but they don't, uh, they own those shows, but they don't own the rights to use those characters again. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they, once Disney launched Disney Plus, they took back the rights to Daredevil, Luke Cage, and all of those characters yeah. right away. Yeah. Because uh, now they can make the money on them themselves. Netflix gets to keep those shows that they've already created, but they can't, they can't continue to use them. 
So, yeah. like you said, they lose there. And it says, losing lucrative content is also mentioned here. It says, as mentioned before, Netflix isn't the only streaming service on the block. It's facing an increasing competition year over year as others get into the game. Even Amazon Prime has enough of a subscription base to deal a dent into the Netflix model. And their membership is tied directly to the sale of products on their own website. They also just purchased MGM, so they have access to the entire James Bond catalog. <laughs> Uh, Netflix doesn't have the accompanying revenue stream to fall back on, so there's no way to leverage it as a win-win for the co- for the consumer. Mm-hmm. That means it has to rely exclusively on content that can attract viewers, keep interest, and generate enough buzz to get others to sign up. One thing that they don't do, or they, that they do very rarely that these other streaming services are doing is week-to-week releases. Like Disney Plus will release one episode a week. Um, we're watching... Uh, Peacemaker, that's one episode mm-hmm. a week. We're watching Superman and Lois. That's yep. network TV. That's one episode a week. You put out a new show. They dump it onto the service. You watch all eight episodes and the buzz is gone in like a mm-hmm. couple of days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Do you think they should switch to a slower release model? I would like that personally, but I understand certain people hate that. Like they hate And they're known for binge watching. For binge watching. So mm-hmm. that's like you'd say if they had an identity, that seems like that would their identity would be like they're the binge watching. Yeah, and I'm curious to see like I would love to be a fly on their wall in their like data analytics department. Like yeah. is there a benefit to having people um, stay on your site to binge watch a show for a concentrated amount of time rather than like you know with if you slow release then you have to see okay well there was a spike and then it kind of died off around here you know you might be able to correlate why people turned away versus like what are the terms of service agreements with Netflix like while you have a Netflix tab open and you're watching a show what other data is it collecting from you is yeah. there a reason it wants eight hours of your time versus like you know well, regular that, access they used to i mean they th- that's one thing they've improved on they used to make these a lot of shows 13 episodes that would just drag they only mm-hmm. needed eight episodes but uh a lot of it is like uh when you make somebody watch week to week so somebody's like what's disney disney show right now book of boba fett mm-hmm. you can't just get a free trial and cancel it when after you watch all eight episodes you have to keep it yeah. to watch all the episodes which will take at least two months so they get two months of money out of you and then the hope is that by the time by you're two done months, with that like, are you going to cancel it but or are you going to find something that else by the time that show is done you found the next show you want to watch and yeah. they're releasing them in increments to try and keep or you, someone else in your household is like oh but I started this show so can you cancel it next month the goal is not to get you to just watch the goal is to keep you watching yeah. right mm-hmm. so, which is the competition for all of them right yep. like you one of the times we talked about the streaming services you were saying and we talked like i gave the example my older brother uh decided he wanted to give up some of his streaming services to to he he wanted to keep his budget the same so he mm-hmm. was going to cut off two streaming services for his gym membership mm-hmm. and he just picked the two that he was either like we're, i think he picked netflix and i can't remember the second one because it equaled about the same he wasn't using one of them and he was like and if i have netflix then i'm not going to go to the gym i'm going to mm-hmm. stay home and watch netflix i'm the awful person who's like i'm watching all of them and i'm like i mean i might watch that show on hulu i, I i'm ash- i'm not ashamed <laughs> i think admit this that. is um i would love to see a study and i think i've said this before yeah. on the the difference between how men and women spend money on streaming platforms because my all the boys in my life my my you know men i've dated apparently my my co-host here my brother like they will spend money on multiple streaming platforms and to me just to make sure you have i just won't watch shows i don't have access to uh for me it's um for instance on a whim the other night i started a rewatch of one tree hill that's so funny Mm -hmm. i yes i just admitted that live on air i love that show he's studying it he's studying it i 
I'll never be. I'm not as tall as Chad Michael Murray. I also get uh, James Lafferty. What if they want remake One Tree Hill, but it's in Minnesota and it's about hockey? That would be amazing. If anyone does that, 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 might, that might be the I greatest credit. That might be the greatest be, idea I've amazing. ever heard. You're uh, I think. In fact, I think we need to pitch that right now. Mm-hmm. The thing um, is, if it comes out, everyone knows it's because they listen to our podcast, and mm-hmm. we deserve royalties on we, the show. I want royalties. Uh, I, I love that show. Uh, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I'm saying I don't watch Hulu almost ever, but. By God, it has One Tree Hill, so I have to keep it. Yeah. I, I, next Wednesday at 9 p.m., I might want to watch an episode. Yeah. Uh, even if I don't watch <laughs> anything on the, on the streaming service up till then. Mm-hmm. So that costs me a certain amount a month to have that option there. Uh, yeah, that might, that, that might be a guy thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I'm not saying it is. This is totally anecdotal. But like <laughs> my deep suspicion is that some of the multiple streaming uh, like yeah. the the likelihood that you'll have multiple streaming accounts, I think it has a gender bias. Mm-hmm. Could be. It says uh, another the other big two ones are relying too much on established properties. Netflix spent six hundred million on the rights to stream Seinfeld, which is no small number. It is also a bigger part of the bigger problem: the company's overall reliance on big name hits, meaning that these shows have already existed they're not going to reap the benefits of them long term but they're also not giving their new shows time to become or they're never going to have shows that are that culturally significant again because mm-hmm. I think part of that is all the shows they're talking about that are like that your Curb Your Enthusiasms your Seinfelds your, uh, your The Office were all network properties that re- that were week to week a decade two decades ago that are so ingrained in the cultural zeitgeist that i don't think that we're going to get many shows like mm-hmm. that anymore I-, I don't know how many times that happens in a lifetime i feel like netflix needs to have like they need to collect as many like you know writers that look like they have potential to sit them down and have them watch like friends the office stuff mm-hmm. that has cult followings and then be like analyze it and produce something similar it'll never like, happen they just can't well i think part of it like they can't do because then they get distracted by like um uh, weird things that the, have to the go identity in. politics will have to go identity in it, politics and or like they're like yes let's do that but every single like if i if i name friends the office and like parks and rec right yeah. Yeah. they all have maybe 20 episodes per season um and you know like they just like they'd be like okay we see what you're saying you need multiple you need long form storytelling yeah. but we don't want to do that instead let's make a worse version of this and cram it into eight hour episodes yeah, yeah. like never, it just doesn't it, it's like they can't figure it out and instead of just realizing they're bad at it they are getting lost in this creative minefield i just don't know what, what's going to happen is your seinfeld your office and your uh curb enthusiasm they're just going to get passed around yeah every every few years to different services mm-hmm. um will make a higher bid so that they can use it to attract customers and hopefully find a way to keep them and and i think they'll just i remember there was like a time when like there was like a a countdown with the last time that the, when the office was taken off of Netflix. Yeah. There's another one that I'm not remembering. Another Friends show. Friends was a Fri- big one. I'm saying Friends. Friends was a big one. And, and then, uh, this is close to my heart, they took Gilmore Girls off at the start <coughs> of this year. Yep. And See? I mm-hmm. I wasn't even, sort of like your One Tree Hill thing. I, I rewatched that show way too, I mean, so, it's bad. I don't think I've seen other movies or TV shows. I've only seen Gilmore Girls. I love Girls. Sophia Bush. Well, I've never seen one, all oh, of One Tree Hill. Show. But for me, it's Gilmore Girls. That's like my go-to watch. I'll, I'll sit down and watch it seriously. I will mm-hmm. sit down, I will watch it while it's on the background. It's like my show. Yep. And, knowing that it was coming off made me watch it more i wasn't watching it and i was like but i'm gonna lose access to mm-hmm. it exactly. so i started it again you got to be careful 
It says the company is going to have to make some major changes if they want to survive while, com- uh, while courting content that others might have ignored. For example, if Netflix ever got into live sports broadcasting, they might have to go that route eventually, but then they're just becoming I like a like regular network. I they should take network. the Olympics. Could be. They could be. Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, I wonder how they would do that. with Because uh, so, so much product placement goes into those. They wouldn't be able to broadcast them But I feel like Netflix should like, com- like go to NPC. This is mm-hmm. just, I'm just coming up with this off the cuff here. They should go to NBC and be like, and you know, NBC is not sending a lot of their on-air talent to China over security concerns right now. So I don't know what Netflix's uh, presence in China is like, but I think they should go to NBC and be like, look, we know you're not going to stream certain sports, so let us do it. But then they could produce like watching the actual sport, but then they also have access to the athletes and producing like mini-sode meet the athletes leading up to it. Like Mm -hmm. there are so much they could do there because they have, because they are used to producing multiple kinds of content, you know? Um, but they they have not hired me as an executive, so they're not taking any of my business advice. If you had to get rid of, uh, you have Netflix. Yeah. Which ones do you have right now? Um, right now, I have access to Netflix, HBO Max, Hulu, um, Amazon Prime. Which Amazon of those Prime, do yeah. you personally pay for? None of them. Yeah, <laughs> female. No, she's a girl. Female <laughs> privilege. No, but I, I mean, I think that's like a choice women make. Like mm-hmm. we started this episode with Miracle saying that she's trying to figure out a way to save her boyfriend money on boba. Like yeah. women spend money differently than men. This is mm-hmm. just a fact. I just save money on survival because um, last night he was like, maybe you should spend less money on like ingredients for food. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, See, you but, little like, boy. That doesn't always make sense because mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's more expensive to buy certain things. But like if you're ultimately saving money because mm-hmm. you're not paying for delivery or going out to eat, yeah. you know, I got rid of who pays for your Netflix then. I'm not using Andy's ex's Netflix. So you're so okay. So uh, let's put it this way: guys can't do that because we uh, we don't have uh, the ability to just ask women to do it because guys are the ones buying it. See, so. I'm going to tell you when my brother got my this is younger sister leech privileges mm-hmm. when my brother got off Netflix. <laughs> it made a decision that we all got off Netflix. Yeah. Uh, when my my stepmom uh, canceled our we had like a family Netflix account and she canceled it after um, that movie that was like really unpopular about cuties cuties yes mm-hmm. um so she canceled it then but i think she would have canceled it anyways this is a lady who got us off cable because she mm-hmm. decided it was too much money yep. um and then i just never independently felt the need like i would pay for my brother's you know like every couple months i'd send him like ten dollars for yeah for the account i tried to not be a total leech but like i it has never inspired me to then get my own it's mm-hmm. just like well i no longer consume media there's and that stuff, again might be personality and there's stuff you have to have because i told miracle i said you have like, you have, have to have we have to have because we're watching these shows for the thing i said you can't just not watch. i said you can probably submit it for reimbursement here mm-hmm. now because it's part of your we're like job part of a media company because yeah. it's part of your job mm-hmm. but you can't <clears throat> just not watch it you have to watch it so mm-hmm. you have to find a way to do it so she's just more resourceful than me like literally she, <laughs> she'll go downstairs to watch it i'll pay for the streaming service so i don't have to be around people yeah. while i watch it well you know that <laughs> living room area that's in the main level we can watch it there. Nobody yeah. goes there. But then there have been people walk by. Then I have to look at people. I used to work there, I and to, it's, can, it's it can be a hard space to work. I have to. Well, talk if to I people. watch TV there, nobody bothers me. What I want is like for all the TVs in the house that have access to these for us to start like 
like being like okay from one to three no one's allowed to be in that room because we're watching the show for work instead of like some companies have like meeting spaces you can mm-hmm. check out we check out like the See, hbo i i think you could you could be on something here because for me it really is about college campuses the, do that it really is the convenience for me mm-hmm. i need to know that i have access to it and i can go and get away and be by myself to do that mm-hmm. and to do that i don't want to have to do that at the expense of other people yeah. like literally i could have just gone downstairs to watch all the hbo max stuff for this uh, but, but you I bought it just so I could watch it in my room. Mm-hmm. Like so, yes. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe it's just my anti, my anti-social well, personality is costing me money. Well, and also, like you mentioned with One Tree Hill, there's a possibility that maybe in the future you might want to watch that one episode. So you come on, and I don't want to be judged for the fact that I'm watching One Tree Hill. I don't want anybody clicking, in or and I don't want anybody screwing up my settings. Like, how the hell did Ice Road Truckers get on here? I'm not watching Ice Road Truckers. Uh, I actually right now. like that show. I'm just, I'm giving an example. Like, you know, I was about like, to say, I feel like that's a jab. At me because no. I actually so, like that. Show. Let me ask, what do you think Netflix for you? What's one thing Netflix would have to do to sort of turn things around? My mind goes up Get to the rid one that of I said. White people, that's yeah. show. But the one that I said is the least important is mm-hmm. the one that they would have to do to change things for me. But I also acknowledge what, what that did you say? the the culture war stuff, okay. uh, mm-hmm. all the 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 identity <sighs> politics driven mm-hmm. shows. Uh, but like I said, I acknowledge that I am not the general consumer. Yeah. I am very uh, enamored and uh, well into these uh, to this cultural shift to this cultural mm-hmm. uh, f- the, what we're going through right now. I don't see myself as the average consumer, so I don't necessarily consider myself the demographic of this article. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think my answer might be they need to market to men. Well, they, they, they do, need to seem like a practical necessity to men. That's done on purpose, though, because it's still uh, a proven or it's it's still considered true that women can s- control the money in the household. So almost all products are marketed to women. Yeah, but this, that's what I'm saying. So when mom, women are like, we don't need that. We have three other streaming services. Whereas mm-hmm. that they were like to like market to men and men would be like, look, I just have to have it. Like video men will get do, it. Video <laughs> video games do that. Video mm-hmm. like men get their uh, their you know their PlayStation account. They get their uh, their Microsoft. Like they're not going to s- the give up the video yeah. games. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. Like yeah. I think they need to figure out how they can. Make it so men are like, honey, I'm putting my foot down. We must have Netflix. Exactly. Well, that, that, you could be onto something right there. I know. Yeah. I want to talk Ron Perlman real quick. This is really funny because this one, I agree with every, almost everything he's saying in here, but the, lo- the lack of self-awareness with a lot of these people mm-hmm. is hilarious to me given what has gone on in the world in the last four years. When I started, I literally was laughing as I was reading this article. It says, Ron Perlman says, F you. Uh-huh. Don't look up critics. Internet has almost killed journalism. You don't. I vaguely Hello, remember a me, very... the internet journalist. I vaguely remember a, a big orange man saying something about this like four years ago. I don't remember his name, but it, it, he was orange. Chester Cheeto. It could have been Chester. Yeah, he he had orange hair. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember. He's like, I hate the, the media. It's the enemy of the people. <clears throat> That's his uh, in China. The former media star? The, yes. Yeah. The reality TV star? Uh, he was yes he, he was big what a, what a, what what a was collective trip we all have been through in the past what four or five years it's been a, it's been it's been a doozy guys I don't remember mm. what his name is he, he had a great name it was like Donald Duck or something mm. I forget it says Ron Perlman is hitting back against critics of Adam McKay's Netflix sat- satire Don't Look Up in which the Hellboy favorite stars uh, opposite an ensemble cast that includes Leonardo DiCaprio mm. who thinks the world is going to end in nine years <laughs> uh, Jennifer that's why Lo- he's only dating girls under the age of 25 smart man he stops at age 22 jennifer lawrence meryl streep Mm -hmm. jonah hill timothy chalamet i I feel so 
uh, astute every time I say Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. It's like saying the word chalet. <laughs> it's a good name. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. It's a fantastic name. Joe Morgan and, Meyer and Mark Rylance. Perlman stars in the movie as Colonel Benedict Drask. That's a great name, too, for a character, Benedict Drask. Mm-hmm. A war veteran tasked with flying, a spa- uh, flying to space to destroy a comet <laughs> that, incl- that is heading towards the planet. Don't Look Up has become Netflix's biggest original film to date since debuting on December 24th. Uh, he says, quote... <clears throat> Fuck you and your self-importance and this self-perpetuating need to say everything bad about something just so that you can say, just so that you can get some attention for something that you had no idea about creating, Perlman told the, The Independent. It's corrupt and it's sick and it's twisted. Well, it's in their name, Critic. What's his? So he's mad that they're offering an opinion or they say they that don't they like dis- That show? they don't like the movie. Yeah, so... Um, it's like, um, what's his name? Seth Rogen and... Uh, Sarah Silverman where everybody was like hating on them because of Santa Inc. It's the same concept. Like you don't like their project. So you must uh, you're not allowed to have an opinion mm-hmm. on it. Uh, and, and it's just funny because this used to this type of criticism used to be uh, reserved for internet critics meaning like people like us who do people a job are, yeah, like independent this. Stuff. Or independent stuff. The, that vitriol is absolutely still there for people like that, right? Mm-hmm. The, the people who uh, they don't have the shield. The anti-blog uh, culture sentiment. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, the, a lot of it is like a lot of these journalists they, they hate the fact that they were never able to adapt and move to like video or YouTube, which gets like the the views of like your average uh, movie, like Jeremy Johns, his views can trounce a, a, a newspaper, like, like mm-hmm. getting like, his average video will get a million to two million views for per review, mm-hmm. and that's and if he's doing three or four a week. Uh, depending on what he's doing, you know, one or two a week, that's a lot of views yeah. for something that's done by one dude alone in his house uh, against a green screen. Yeah. And they hate the fact that they move, they're part of this larger system that is, for the most part, immovable and it doesn't move quickly, meaning mm-hmm. that uh, they only get their reviews out early because they get advanced access. But the average person knows that a person with advanced access can be threatened to no longer have advanced mm-hmm. access if they don't give it a good review. Mm-hmm. So then they're always shocked when somebody actually does crap on the stuff that they make. Mm-hmm. Disney will just remove access to people who, get, who give bad reviews, right. right? So it says, Perlman added that he, quote, understands the critical backlash to Don't Look Up is part of how the internet has almost killed journalism. And now journalism is trying to do everything they can to co-opt and maintain their importance. He's right. For the most part, he's right about actual journalists. That (laughs) they need to make more and more headlines, Mm -hmm. more and more uh, outlandish, over-the-top headlines, if they want to be able to keep up with with your average blogger, with your average video blogger, the person who releases stuff on their own, where people have inherently more trust with them because they are not part of an institution. Right? I I would argue that it goes both ways no I it think absolutely does because i work for an independent media company mm-hmm. you know there are times that i pick up a story and it doesn't get cited because i'm not with a well like a, a more established well-known institution yeah. so i think that it cuts both ways i just think the thing is like the in a traditional newspaper right mm-hmm. it's sort of a coveted position to finally get chosen to be a food critic a theater critic a movie critic right and what frustrates people who are part of a traditional establishment is when people are able to break in and leapfrog over them. Yep. And, you know, I'm sad for you, Rob Perlman, but also, like, that doesn't mean that, you know, 
and you, it, it never it's not your that's not why your movie is bad your movie's just bad mm-hmm. these are the same or it's people not, I have no idea these are the same people who said we need to protect journalism at all costs four years prior when mm-hmm. they said that the media was under attack mm-hmm. and everything you know it's like a, they're they're trying to bring down the second uh, the first amendment yeah the thing about being a supporter of the first amendment and I believe this really strongly is that you have to believe in speech even when you don't like it and it makes you and it's insulting to you exactly um, I wouldn't want someone you know and you know and it's even harder when in this case it really just seems like a hissy fit yep. mm-hmm. you know if they don't like your movie you should still be grateful that we live in a country where he can publish whatever he wants yep. to say independently mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying that he's not um, but it just is sort of like this is the attack on journalism Despite its popularity, Don't Look Up divided film critics upon release. Variety chief... Now, this is an article, Variety, which is why they reference it. Variety chief film critic Peter DeBruge uh, was uh, was mostly negative on the movie, calling it shill and self-righteous. And if, if the mainstream establishment is calling your movie shill and self-righteous, holy crap, it must be extremely shill and self-righteous because mm-hmm. they love... They love anything to do with climate change. Means they that, love yeah. anything to do with virtue signaling. So if it's over the top for them, then either uh, something went on behind the scenes. But let's not forget that the mainstream media refers to um, the the saying, let's go, Brandon, as a vulgar vulgar slur. It is mm-hmm. absolutely a vulgar slur. So, word. you know, like goes either way. <laughs> it's just like if maybe your movie is just bad like nope. that's it Tim loved Tim loved Don't Look Up he thought it was a fantastic satire and the director of the movie said uh, when they asked him they said is this movie supposed to be a, a, a satire a satire of Democrats or Republicans he goes I don't think either party has much to be proud of in the last 20 years so uh, I didn't like it per se but he's like I didn't mean for it to be a satire but if that's how it's going to get a better review then yes that is what I intended mm-hmm. like Tim thought that the that the character pr- played by Meryl Streep was supposed to be like a, a play on Hillary Clinton but Meryl Streep because Meryl Streep would definitely try to foil Hillary Clinton oh my uh, gosh but, but, but Meryl Streep says that she wore she's like she had a fa- she wore red because she had a fascination with all the r- blonde Republican women who had mm-hmm. their blonde hair up and wore red so it was more if anything it would have been like an old Sarah Palin I think Republican women wear their hair down. I think it's mm-hmm. the Democrats who wear their hair up. No, it's uh, <coughs> yeah. So, uh, but she, but she's saying the blonde mm-hmm. hair, the red, the red power suit. That's yeah, yeah. the that's it. But the, because but, Hillary Clinton is not blonde. Exactly. Uh, but but the point is, is that uh, it absolutely <sighs> was. Uh, w- as long as you're somebody that doesn't see much greatness mm-hmm. in both parties, you can watch it. I just am not a huge fan of satire, especially yeah. political. I loved. Uh, Wag the dog, and I loved, uh, but like for the most part, political satire isn't really making. He likes yeah. the non-human characters because they don't say shit. I just feel bad because, like, I don't think I would watch this movie, but mm-hmm. now that someone's complaining about it, I'm like, it's definitely not worth the headache. Uh, Tim talks about how in the movie, like uh, the Republicans are the one telling people to not look up at the sky as the uh, asteroids coming to Earth, but in mm-hmm. re- in the real world, the Republicans are the one that are constantly saying to debate me, debate me, debate me. It's irrelevant. The point is that they change their tune just as soon as the media. You know, it's all defend the journalists and defend journalism, journalistic integrity until mm-hmm. you don't get what you want, mm-hmm. uh, and then suddenly they're the enemy of the pe- they're the enemy of the people. If the people were Ron mm-hmm. Perlman. Uh, so it says, don't look up polarized critics, but has been given a strong presence on the award circuit, of course. But that means nothing. Yep. The the film's nabbed four Golden Globe nominations and six Critic Choice weren't Awards. were the Golden Globes the ones that weren't televised? I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the comments, says, the first comment says, old man yells at crowd. Uh, and it says, lots of, lots of critics hated it too. And Ron, it was the worst role of yours I've ever seen. Not your fault. I blame McKay for the overall mess. Great actors carrying a horribly written movie. 
I just uh, I love it because I love the the lack of self awareness a lot of times when it comes to articles like this because I'm like mm-hmm. I agree with you, Ron. Mm-hmm. I agree that uh, for the most part, journalism uh, in a lot of these things there is a lot of uh, self importance and a need to push a narrative further and further for the sake of clicks because they need to stay relevant and they need to make their site money at yeah. all costs. But I just don't think it. I don't think he thinks about it in that context. No. I don't, I think he only thinks about it as far as how it affects him uh, and his project. But I will say, and I, and I try to point this out whenever, I understand that when you create art, whether it's commercialized art as an actor or a filmmaker, mm-hmm. you're putting a piece of yourself out there in a way that is extremely uh, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So it is very understandable to me why they get taken aback and why they push back okay i i give them crap for it Mm -hmm. i think that they should learn to have more humility and grace but i understand that to do what they do they have to be very open and vulnerable with in front of lots of people and put themselves out there in a way that we then sit back and judge Mm. i understand that that is difficult but i'm still going to call it out when they have their hissy fits right you know what i mean because i i do think it always used to be saying that you have to have a thick skin to work in publishing the same is definitely true of any of these professions you're in an in an area where the media and the art form are synchronistic right so you work together to both promote the art and then to create it but you have to be able to take the criticism when they push back you can't expect everything to be a fluff interview you can't think expect everything to be because then they turn it into left right this or that Mm -hmm. you have to just be able to sometimes accept that maybe you didn't make the best work and as awful as that is a little humility goes a long way yeah and also like I mean, the personality type that's drawn towards performance, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not easy to to think this. And I don't think that's, I should say more broadly, it's hard to condition yourself to do this. But like, if you create something and you're proud of it, even if everyone else hates it, you have have to feel comfortable standing by it. And it just sounds like, you know, maybe he's forgetting that the world's opinion of you doesn't always matter that mm-hmm. is true that is absolutely true uh miracle is this common in like the in any of the industries that you because you pay closer attention to animation and all that other stuff i don't imagine these hissy fits are as common nope right <clears throat> it's either a hit or miss um because like sorry stop showing me drinking my water I bottle I, I, <laughs> I specifically I waited until you moved the camera i switched to the wrong camera and i just i apologize i also did the same thing earlier when i went to get a drink i put the camera on you and then walked past <laughs> you, walked you. Past me? i was I like know, i wrote a paper I was saying like, you walk past by her i was like why did you write me? i know that i screwed it up why did you do that because i just ah, i'm being attacked i've been waiting to do that since she wrote that note it's that time. well didn't it's, see me do it. It's so. time for Podluck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what we're gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna go through Podluck quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. We're running we're running long here today, but I want to go through these. This first one is really really funny. <laughs> um, Ed Sheeran <laughs> explains why he hasn't owned a mobile phone since 2015. Mm-hmm. I love this. Is the lad by? Is it the fact that it's Irish? Is that is that why they call it a mobile phone rather yeah, than a cell? Okay, a that's that's a British thing. Puppy. Yeah. Okay, so it says Ed Sheeran has opened up about why he ditched his mobile phone and how incredible that's been. The British singer. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't owned a smartphone since 2015 after he felt overwhelmed by the idea of staying in contact with loads of people. These feelings crept up quite suddenly as he concluded his worldwide X tour. He explained what happened seven years ago during an interview with the Collector's Edition podcast. The Shivers star said, quote, I got really, really overwhelmed and sad with the phone. I just spent my whole time in a very, very low place. I agree with him 110. I mm-hmm. hate having, like, as much as I'm on it, I despise having a phone on a regular basis. Yeah. He said he, I, I would, it would stress me out to reply to messages 
messages and stray and to apply to mes to reply to messages straight away. So instead of switching on screen time warnings or just handing it to an assistant, he got rid of it altogether. I love the idea that he can mm -hmm. just hand it to assistant. <laughs> this is ex this is the definition. He have, of, but he did it of celebrity privilege. No, but it's still privilege though mm -hmm. because. He can tell his assistant he mm -hmm. needs to talk to someone, yeah. and then they can talk to them on their phone, or he has a, a, a you know some type of person that helps him do this stuff. This is not something that the average person, nobody working the gig economy, can just afford to just no. get rid of their phone. The the crazy thing about this to me is, well, okay, first off, I love this, and I wish I could live in a world where I do that. I know. I also this is my official submission to the Cast Castle vlog. I think we should do a like challenge style vlog, but it's all of us having to go out into the world and run an errand without bringing our phones with us because I, I do that sometimes I can do it I know that I can but like there's something about it I think maybe it's because I'm like working news job right now so it's like I feel like I need to be constantly in touch to it would like be hilarious if your car broke down no but if your car broke down or like if you don't know how to get to the store like I would just like to see like a bunch of I mean you're a zoomer but like millennials being like okay you have to go 24 hours without your phone and you have to like if you go 24 hours with your phone but you're just at home like it's a little bit different if you have to go out and accomplish something like I'm just curious or you I have to like meet mm -hmm. like if we all have to meet up for lunch but none of us get to bring our Dude, phone I'm telling you the, the, the number one flex would be who, who's the Google CEO is it's Sanjay Patel. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one day he's just like, want to know how powerful I am? He just turns Google Maps off. Oh my gosh. They would not work. We couldn't do it. He, like he's just like, you want to know what true power is? He goes, yoink. Oh you all have gosh. to figure out. That's figure cool. He or, could do that. He could do that. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing, I mean, I do think that there are a lot of like the book for our work week and a couple other <clears> things that talk about time management. I, I know I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, mm. Later in this article, he mentions that he will take Every couple of days, he turns on his computer. He answer, mm -hmm. answers like 10 emails at a time, right? Yeah. And I think that like, again, that is a privileged position to be in because he has someone who is who can manage the, everything else. I do think about it in terms of like personal context. Like my friends live all over the country and there are people that I love and adore and wish I could talk to constantly. Mm -hmm. But like, I am just not the personality type who can sustain a long form text conversation yeah. endlessly. Um, I don't really do it with people I'm dating. I don't do it with my, you know, it's it, it's just impractical for me. I'm picturing like a like a skit where he's like, I love how my life is so free where, where I only have to answer like 10 emails a day. And it shows him like he answers him. He shuts his computer off. But then behind him, his secretary is like furiously typing away like yeah. hundreds of emails because yeah. he's a celebrity. He's like, it's so nice to be unburdened. Yeah. But then the person behind there is like literally red in the face trying to answer every email. Yeah. Well, and I think the bad thing about cell phones is it creates this culture where it's like, I sent you a text. Why didn't you respond to mm -hmm. it? And like you're not obligated to my time just because you mm -hmm. have suddenly appeared in my day does not mean that i have to respond within the hour or i'm rude well, you know what i mean also you're the, the type of texter who will never text back but what yeah, kind of sorry, text miracle that's no, me no, no you're okay because like i'll like someone will text me and then five mm -hmm. days later i'll respond but to me the conversation is still going yeah. i just can't promise you that I'm the, the moment that you mm -hmm. text me i'm free to text you but i'm happy to talk to you mm -hmm. it's just that like you can't I think that's the crazy thing yeah so. I was about to ask him uh, Brett what type of texter he is but he just answered my question I start almost no conversations through text <clears throat> uh, and then like I'll respond uh, once I find the emotional bandwidth to do so uh, a lot of it's always like I can't think of what to say and I don't want to say something that mm -hmm. comes off as rude or uh, like uh I, I just uh, I'm the person who thinks like I need to think of the right way to say this and then I just end up saying nothing at all mm -hmm. and I mean nothing this by it. This isn't a good habit it's, to be in. But no yeah. it's not. Uh, I, I just I think that. that like this is a reminder like if you really need a, a cheer you better not have a phone number where you can literally call him. Yep. Mm -hmm. I 
the one caveat here is how did his wife feel about this? I know they just had a child yeah. together. Like, oh, she, yeah, he better have a phone now. Or he better, they're together all the time where he's yeah. like, you going into labor? Cool, I'm here. It says, the singer says he can now have the, uninter- the uninterrupted bonding time with the people close to him. He made an exception last year to his no phone rule so that NHS workers could track and trace him if he tested positive for Boo, Ed Sheeran. I, totally I, made an, I made an oh. exception so that the government could track like, That's me. the whole reason yeah. to get rid of your phone, dummy. Dude, come on, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Okay, think you could do it? Think you could live without a phone? Yeah, I, I think you could. Um, I never had a phone until I reached, like, either sophomore year of high school, and then I lost... M- um, my uncle took away my phone for like one year, mm-hmm. so I could do it. Um, a year? A year. Strict parents, yo, that's happened to me. Like, not a year, mm-hmm. but you, you have like a, a date on a calendar, and then a new calendar. You just well, wrote because that date? I no, because I never got um, my phone back, so I had to buy my own. Um, basically, oh I had to start from the bottom all yeah. the way to the top again. But um, for me, I could do it, and also pe- I have been in trouble once, like with a group of friends and people who wanted to date me. Because I tend to do this Something no guy has ever said in his entire life I got in trouble from this woman who wants to date me Yeah but like what happened was Like they didn't like my texting style So I tend to text a lot In abbreviations or one worded text Every And everybody <clears throat> has their own style Like have you ever seen the meme where it says like Are you this texter and it's like yeah. text 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 Or are you this texter and it's you're a block. It's a long block I'm the block guy More of a yeah. block I'm the block guy It depends uh, my mood for me Me and my friend Dan would have these long conversations Where he would send rapid fire uh, thoughts and then I would send a long response mm-hmm. um, and then we would eventually just talk on the phone because yeah. uh, like I would get or he would more often that he would call me and I would have to decide whether I had the emotional bandwidth to like an- answer at two mm-hmm. in the morning and have like knowing that the conversation would eventually make me you know high stress or whatever mm-hmm. for what yeah. not for a negative reason just because it would be a he's it would, animated maybe it would be yeah. a very very um, like it would be these weird we, he, he sent me a message this one time he's like about like a movie and he's like about whether it was culturally significant in a way that we couldn't predict and whether it was considered vulgar for the time i'm like dude it is 2 30 in the morning Mm -hmm. i cannot have this discussion with you right now yeah the only reason why i'm asking what type of text um texter are you because again i got in trouble for texting one message text and my friend jazzy legit yelled at me one time because she was so heated that our friend jacob didn't reply to a text she thought he went missing well there was Mm -hmm. a time you and i were texting and you were sending me like the letter k or like one word responses and i was like is she mad at me yeah oh yeah that's a girl thing i mean i don't care if somebody's mad at me but like Mm -hmm. that's a thing i don't care if everyone is mad at me but like oh i would would someone says k but then i was just like no she's just a zoomer i don't understand her no but i never text k because my mom does that so it annoys the living shit out of me if you put kk I'm like, don't ever do that. Type O-K-A-Y, period. My dad will text Y, meaning yes. Yes. But I'm like, why are you... Like, I think he means like, why question mark? Yeah. My dad texts like like that because my dad has a flip phone. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think it's a hang up from that or it's just like he's abbreviating it. Mm -hmm. I don't think he texts the word N for no, though. I remember one time as a teenager, like texting him like, hey, do you want me to order dinner or do you want me to make dinner tonight? And he texts me back, why? And I was like... Because it's 6.30 and we've got to eat. Like, what do you mean, why? I think I had to explain to Miracle once what T9 was. Um, What's T9? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know what T9 is either. <laughs> What's T9? Never mind. Well, y- you guys can go Google but it. But yeah, tonight. I'm never angry is it at tonight? you. tonight? 
No, no, it's it's a it's a textile on old uh, oh. phones with buttons. You can look it up later. Buttons. It'll Whoa. it'll be, yeah it'll be like it'll be like a history project for it's you. It's kind of like a big form of a laptop, right? Just look it up later. You'll you'll enjoy yourself. It'll be like a time capsule. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, but, I do want to. I do want to quick mm-hmm. get into. Uh, we're. Just, I just want to announce that there is going to be Mortal Kombat two. I had to oh, look it up. Oh my god! Are they gonna have Johnny Cage? Yes. If they have Johnny Cage, can you hire Nicolas Cage so it can be super meta? That, please. They. they please. Might, maybe they and do that. let him punch you in the nethers. Well, they took out the. They won't. Do, they won't do this in the oh. game anymore. They took the. They took the OK symbol out of the game because they're all mentally ill and they're they're, they're worried that Reddit or that 4chan is out to get them mm. uh, with the OK symbol because that the character in the games mm. trolls to, on Reddit are so or on 4chan or whatever are so happy that they've had such a cultural impact. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So, but the point. Which is, I salute you guys. That's if that mm-hmm. was what you engineered. The the Mortal Kombat two. It's going to have the writer from Moon Knight. So we'll have to. Sorry. So we'll have to when we're watching Moon Knight, we'll have to pay attention to how well that goes, uh, and then if you enjoy the writing for Moon Knight, that might uh, further inform whether the second movie will be the good. I just watched it the other mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Well, the first movie I didn't want to watch it because I was so upset they got rid of Johnny Cage. I was like, Johnny Cage is the face of Mortal Kombat. I don't care what people say. I want us. I want a stud of a Hollywood actor who thinks he's better than everybody and joins a death match because he wants to prove that he does his own stunts. It would have made thank you. It, it wouldn't. It would have made more sense if they hadn't included the Cole character, which has nothing to do with the games. No. Uh, um. Later, the new game. It was like a promotion for the new game. He's a new character. Yeah, but but I'm saying, but he wasn't when the movie came out. <coughs> then they added him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a character beforehand. So, but the point is, is that they're they're getting underway here. It was uh, a fairly financially successful. Well, there's a typo in here. It says in April yeah. of 2020, the world was given a new live-action Mortal Kombat movie. I think it was 2021 when it came yeah. out, not 2020. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, the violence in the movie was extremely good, but that's because you you know you should not be watching a Mortal Kombat movie without ultra violence. Uh, and then, of course, they did the thing where it's just like an origin story where the in the superhero movie, the character doesn't get his goddamn costume until the very five final mm-hmm. five minutes of the, of the movie. And this one, you don't get the, the the you don't even get the tournament in the first mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat movie. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to announce that, that that is going to be very cool. That's I knew, exciting. I knew you would be very excited about that because I want. Johnny Cage back. You will get him. They said they're bringing him. He'll be in this movie. He has to be really cocky and a dick. He Please. Will. He will be. I'm He's sure. my favorite character. We'll probably talk about his white privilege. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Disney, no. It says, uh, d- now here's where we get into, yesterday we talked about Peter Dinklage mm-hmm. and uh, and his take on, sin- on, on Snow White and the Seven yeah. Dwarves. Disney, replacing, r- Disney may replace dwarves in Snow White with magical creatures mm-hmm. weren't they the, already the magical dwarves creatures? were already magical creatures they were just magical creatures that an actual that a little person mm-hmm. could play mm-hmm. right and th- that is the politically correct term right yeah I a little it, person a, I, I i don't want to be disrespectful to anyone no, you're right? good. i think you're good uh, okay so it says disney may be replacing the original seven dwarves from the animated snow uh, snow white classic with magical creatures in the upcoming film remake so they're just going to take away jobs yeah, it's just they're they're gonna do so CGI. It's gonna be CGI. It's gonna be CGI, instead, which also means like, wouldn't they then put like a little person actor in a CGI suit I, with like no all those gonna, things over them, and then they no, that's how they do a lot of like CGI mm-hmm. characters, right? Yep. Like it's someone on a green screen yep. in a green suit if with you, the sensors. If you ever want to see a, a fantastic example of how hard it can be to be an actor, watch the behind the scene footage of the Planet of the Apes trilogy that Matt Reeves made, mm-hmm. where Andy Serkis is having these long, deeply emotional conversations with. Uh, 
um, the guy from Venom 2, uh, Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. So they're having these back and forth, extremely Woody deep. Woody Harrelson's great. They're having yeah. these deep dialogues, but the problem is Andy Serkis plays a, an ape in the movie, so he's mm-hmm. literally in a mocap suit, and they're doing this without laughing, yeah. without, it, it's That's insane. like uh, uh, the live-action Beauty and the Beast when you see shots of that. It's like yeah. Emma Watson looking mm-hmm. like, you know, all dolled up, and then it's like this guy who sort of looks like a lumpy gray piece of clay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's I still think it's funny. The Beast looks more attractive than his human form. Oh, my gosh. And that's true in the animated <laughs> version, too. It's just like... Which is so funny. How do you put your hair like I mean, that? look, the point <laughs> of the movie is it's not about love. And Disney didn't even give them a nice charming prince at the end. They really, they really stuck to their guns on that message. Exactly. Did, did either of you see the 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 weird Beauty and the Beast cop show with Christine Cruick? Yeah, uh, I did. They, they call this guy a beast. Doing less, uh, and he only had a scar he's on his got, face. It's like the it's like the handsomest dude you've ever seen, and he's got a scar in like the exact place that doesn't affect that his facial some features. That still like, looks kind of cool and mysterious. Yeah, and I'm just like. <laughs> like make a guy that looks like I'm me so and ugly. tell me it's Beauty and the Beast, but do not show me this dude Brad, who, literally, who literally looks like a male model and has one scar That's that a groovy scar. It, it like it just barely misses his eye and continues like just he's off. He's not set. even like blind because yeah, of it. He's not. So it's, it's just like so. It's like it somehow makes him more handsome. I, I like. Don't they he's, make this joke in Pitch Perfect where it's like the awkward girl and then you take out your scary <laughs> nose ring and take off your glasses and then you discover you're beautiful. Yeah, that's the tr- they did that in uh, in the movie uh, you know not that? another teen movie mm-hmm. where they it's the it's the play on like she's all that and all the movies from the nineties like we're gonna make her beautiful and they just take off her glasses and pull out her hon- ponytail and she, she goes, like Perfect. gets a hairbrush and that's the end of the movie <laughs> she goes, in the movie he goes he goes you gotta make the, the joke is like you have to find it's Chris Evans it's mm-hmm. a very early Chris Evans role he plays this high school jock and they're mm-hmm. like like you have to make you have to take the ugliest girl you can find and make her and make her prom queen and they they point out they point out like. Adult, a two like a person, two people attached at the hip, yeah. and they're albino, and and then and then he points out like you, you go through all these people that are truly like they're supposed and they're to like, be ah! gratuitous, and then he point at Janie Briggs. He's like, she's got glasses and a ponytail. That's She'll it. never be prom queen. Mm-hmm. Well, with my hair up right now. Yeah, I am. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah glasses and a ponytail. You'll never be. And no, then well, she is. Well, for me, it's funny because like throughout my like whole like education life. Everybody thought I was a lesbian because I had glasses and a ponytail. And I was like, I great. feel like we were early generation of like people suspecting you're gay and like yeah. trying to figure you out. But like, and yeah. they talk in the. It's funny because in the in the uh, audio commentary for the movie, she's all or uh, for not another teen movie. They talk mm-hmm. about how they thought that uh, they were denigrating that it made women less attractive mm-hmm. when somebody wears uh, their hair. No, I'm sorry. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Okay, it, the the movie. Um, uh, a walk to remember with Mandy Moore. Yeah, um, she's like they're like they were like some women's group is saying that they're saying she's ugly because she wears her hair in a ponytail, and they're like no, they're no saying one said that, that she, but you. They're saying that she's modest mm-hmm. and that she wear wears her hair up because she's a woman of faith and that she wants to be modest, right? So it's this weird, um, like, also, like it's it's early feminism, right? Yeah. In, in this thing. Also, like sometimes people's comments are uh, indicative of things they're already thinking. So it's mm-hmm. women exactly. Like, they say she's ugly. It's like, so you're it's, insecure about the way you look? It says more about the person saying it than it does about yeah. about them. So, yeah, so what's the Disney update? I'm sorry. I, I, I just want to finish up here on the on the magical creatures part. It says, following Dinklage's criticism and, and Disney's response, the rap now reports that Disney is seeking to replace the dwarves as seen in previous adaptations with what is described as magical creatures 
They were already magical creatures. <laughs> According to the casting sheets, no other details are known at this time about the exact nature of the substitution of those characters or how it may impact the overall plot and dynamic of the movie uh, or Snow White herself. Disney has yet to officially confirm the Doors' replacement with magical creatures. Mm -hmm. It also suggests that the Snow White production is currently seeking voice actors to provide the mas magical creatures with distinct personalities. This implies that the updated rendition of the seven characters maybe includes substantial CGI to represent them visually on screen. However, the film isn't expected to be released until 2023. So the best thing Disney can do here is still hire members of the, uh, uh, they called it in the other article, the dwarfism community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Higher actors. Dwarfism is a technical term. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this article. It says from a. Uh, it says British Paralympian Will Perry on Snow White. I don't think we should cancel a fairy tale that is so well loved. Mm -hmm. uh, it says. Uh, British Paralympian Will uh, Perry made it clear he disagrees with Game of Thrones actor Peter Dinklage and the mm -hmm. Walt Disney Company's thoughts Same on the thing classics. Same um, Brad Williams, a comedian who has this condition I too. I, I've, I, well, you mentioned Brad Williams the other day. I didn't remember who you were talking about. I was mm -hmm. like, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love his joke where like people thought he was Wee Man. Yeah. He's he's really good. Like it says, Dinklage caused a stir mm -hmm. that. Uh, okay, but we'll go down there. It says. Uh, it, we're gonna go past what Dinklage said because we talked about that yesterday. But yeah. it says. Uh, down here it says the rap would report that Disney is removing the dwarves from the film altogether and would instead be magical creatures and then Will Perry appeared on Good Morning Britain where he declared I don't think we should cancel a fairy tale that is so well loved mm -hmm. obviously so many people they don't love it for the dwarves they love it for the story and innocently as well yeah. so I think that it should be th so I don't think it should be cancelled it's brilliant to have a little look he says okay let's consult <laughs> he, made he, a said, pun. He, sa he said that I don't know if that's what he meant but he says and okay let's consult with people with dwarves Let's consult people with dwarfism, mm -hmm. get their opinion. We might have to make some tweaks, but I don't think it should be canceled at all, even if it's just adjusting the name slightly or the way we are represented, uh, that we are that we are presented on screen. We mm -hmm. are not in a cave. We are, we are in a house. We are not depicted as mindless, stupid characters. We are sentient beings. We have feelings, he added. Perry's they run a complex of business. Like, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, that's what's, like, it's, I, I feel like what Dinklage said Maybe he hadn't seen it in a long time, and he like no Dinklage is maybe like he gets like a lot of pressure. <coughs> so I'm cutting you off. No, you're good. Um, as like the dwarf actor in Hollywood, yeah, and meaning actor with dwarfism, and he's worked very hard to be known as an actor, not an actor with dwarfism. So maybe yeah. it, it rubs off. So maybe he's that. particularly sensitive about this issue. Um, mm. do you guys remember the show Little People, Big World? Yeah, I, it was I, a TLC show. Um, Matt Roloff it. is the mm -hmm. father, and he has dwarfism mm -hmm. and he talks about being cast in the Star Wars movie as a mm -hmm. Wookiee and he was like yeah like I got that role because of my condition like I was Warwick Davis leaned into it yeah I, I mean like I it. think that like just like one racial group might not have one homogenous opinion Peter yeah. Dinklage is not the representation of all actors I or like one of the performers jokes. with there's a couple of great comments here where it says mm -hmm. more importantly the dwarves were heroes they're portrayed mm -hmm. as hardworking, compassionate and brave yeah and then down here it says what negative stereotypes does it even portray are we going to cancel Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit next. Yeah. It's literally they're forgetting that they're not Well, and they're, they're all not humans. extremely capable. We're not portraying them as less yeah. than. Mm -hmm. First off, they're not they're not humans with dwarfism in the movie. They're, they're dwarves the same way that an elf is not a person. Exactly. Who, I don't know. Yeah. Has elvenism? What's 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 funny about it is is that this is one of those things where eventually you're only going to ever be able to create something that's exactly about you and nothing else because you'll be considered offensive to somebody because you can't understand their lived experience. Mm -hmm. So well, I and can't, your lived experience will be offensive to someone, so therefore it won't exist or be portrayed at all. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you will not be. Uh, there was a, a book 
uh, oh, I don't even want to go into that. That's not really super relevant here. But like you will, you like say you wanted to. Some of the best comic book writers don't write character. They don't write characters that look like them. They, mm-hmm. they you're, it's the whole point of imagination, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Christopher Priest is a very famous comic book writer who left the industry for a long period of time because he says I don't want to be seen as the black writer mm-hmm. who writes black characters. He said mm-hmm. they started only offering me Black Panther, only offering me Steel, only offering me African American characters rather than realizing hey i can write deathstroke i can write uh all these other daredevil i don't need to just be pigeonholed i am a writer i am i am more than just my immutable yeah. characteristics it works in the opposite because there's a movement that only people of certain races can write that race exactly mm-hmm. and you know in this case yeah. like, if he's the prominent writer of black superheroes then like well is there a com- like he doesn't have an alternative so they're like mm-hmm. well it kind of has to be you and he we know you may industry. not want to but mm-hmm. yeah and he left you know, the it's, industry it's, and I think it's elsewhere. an extremely difficult place to put creative mm-hmm. truly creative people Vampirella no. now well what upsets me because the animation community uh, kind of gets involved with this too so like you remember when Kristen Wiig voiced a character that was half white and half black and then she resigned her role as that character because she guy also yeah Um, it made me so upset because i'm nobody cares what race you are like i did voice acting for a black character for my friend really yeah you can i actually had the video i can show you but um but basically it doesn't matter if you're a good actor or like you love the career and you're passionate about it you can do it mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what race you are yep. basically we bleed the same color yep. and like i just think mm-hmm. it like depends because i know we've had criticism <clears throat> of like places that like unnecessarily race shift like they, yeah. they change the I, uh, when it's not necessary mm-hmm. or it might even detract from the story like i understand that it's it's a nuanced issue but like mm-hmm. in this case like you're saying that people who might be uniquely qualified to physically portray a role mm-hmm. can't portray it, even though it's not about their medical condition. It is mm-hmm. about... And he can't... Portray, he never exi- he says what... St- the stereotype he says is they live in a cave. Mm-hmm. Like they, what stereotype is that? Well, and I could understand that, like, if you felt like the characters were being treated like... Uh, I, I've heard people with dwarfism say that they don't like being treated like children or less than able. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These people run a mine and yep. they take in some random girl and yep. like they manage a they're household. They're the heroes like, they're of They're extremely the... capable and kind. Like it's, it, it's a wonderful... And Lord of the Rings, like he's a great warrior. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, now if you want to talk mm-hmm. about the, the leprechaun, yeah, we can get into something being Boy, very exploitative. We can get into something being very exploitative. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that what he's looking at here is he's trying to blanket uh, blanket an issue that is extremely nuanced. Well, and maybe he should just decline the role if offered. Yeah. Like if it if he doesn't want to portray it, that's fine. But what if there is an actor who would be willing to? And that what if wants that, that gives opportunity. an actor with dwarf is an opportunity to play a serious role, like we talked about today. Like, yeah, that may be physically part of the role that they're a you know a a dwarf in the magical sense, not a dwarf person with dwarfism. But like, if it gives them a chance to portray like doc is extremely kind and wise mm-hmm. and he's a like mentor to snow white in a lot of ways yeah. like, if they're able to have a chance to play a role <coughs> outside of themselves the same way that euphoria yeah. gives mm-hmm. Zendaya the option to play a more serious character after being on the disney channel like yeah why would you deny that to someone else There's, i don't know um, like my favorite youtuber uh nikki limo she talks about it because she's half white half filipino but they see her she looks latina but she doesn't look asian and she says like hollywood kind of ruined her whole life because like now she can't play roles as a hispanic girl or a latina anymore because she's not that descent they said you can either play as white or filipino and they said she said like 
sometimes when she does play a role to be a Latina, they look at her and they're like, okay, you look like it. Can you speak it? And she's like, no. And they're like, well, bye. Mm-hmm. And she's like, none of the, the role doesn't have speaking parts that's in the native language. Mm-hmm. I'm a good actor. I can do it. And they're like, no. And she just thinks that um, political Hollywood is terrible mm-hmm. for actors everywhere. One of my favorite actresses <coughs> working today is Meredith Eaton, who I put yeah. on screen there. She is, um, yeah, she, uh, she's been working for like 20, 20 years, uh, maybe longer. And she's, <sighs> uh, she has a fantastic episode of the show House yeah. where she goes back and forth with Hugh Laurie mm-hmm. and absolutely goes toe-to-toe him with it. I mean, he's rude to her mm-hmm. because the character is rude and she doesn't take his crap. She gives him the crap right back mm-hmm. and it ends up he ends up respecting her more like he treats her like with more respect than he treats almost any like uh like hospital patient that i've seen in that yeah. show mm-hmm. because despite uh, I, I recommend everyone that's uh, one of the best episodes of house it is yeah. it absolutely is it's uh, so like good. it's the one where he's going through withdrawal because he's uh it's during season three she's when the one who looks at me like, are you high right now and he's mm-hmm. like higher than you mm-hmm. it's dude it's and it's very vulgar and it's, they have like a weird begrudging like in the end they have a weird begrudging flirtation yeah, yeah. she's absolutely flirting with him because he actually the thing is like he doesn't treat them like any she he doesn't treat her like less because she has dwarfism ex- mm-hmm. and she's just as rude to her as he would be to anyone else because mm-hmm. cameron uh tries to help her daughter up onto the she's onto like just the get her a stool chaser. she can mm-hmm. get up there there, there's beautiful nuance in that in yeah. the way that episode like that how that it's show the, i love house but that is a particularly good episode yes excellent uh-huh. so uh like i said uh it is part of the homogenization of hollywood that these things are becoming so blanket uh the issues have to be solved one way and that's by changing everything mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So that was that was fun. That's so fun. That was mm-hmm. fun. Uh, Hannah Claire, why don't you share with everyone your social media so they know where to find you? You can find me on Instagram at hannahclaire.b. You can find me on Gab at hannahclaireb. And you can find me, most importantly, on timcast.com. I'm one of the writers. You just need to click on the read tab. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you guys for having me. It's a blast. Yeah. Miracle? I don't have social media because it rots your brain. Ed is advice coming straight from the Zoomer of this group. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. And if you follow the show, I would like you to please go to YouTube first because everyone talks about the YouTube. I prefer the Spotify, but go to the YouTube. Please subscribe to the page, uh, like the videos, comment on them if you can. And then after you've done that, go into the description video of the one you look at. The description of the video, you will find a link to the Spotify playlist that has all of the episodes unabridged start to finish. That is the best way to watch this mm-hmm. show. We can also find it on pandora on amazon music and on <coughs> apple podcasts and if you want to follow us on social media you can follow us on twitter at pop culture underscore show and make our friend dane who was here yesterday very happy by going and following us mm-hmm. on facebook and on tiktok at pop culture crisis and we will be back with another episode on monday bye guys bye also i wanted to say this joke that